What's going on, y'all? Hey, welcome back, man. It feels good to be back. You know, with, with hunting season winding down for me, well, big game hunting season winding down for me, uh, you know, it's time to get back to consistent episodes, and I'm fired up to do so, man. Uh, got a little bit of hunting left. Got a uh, Nebraska muzzleloader tag for the rest of the month. Uh, that'll be cool. That's that's any buck. Uh, or actually, I think it's actually any deer. But I uh, got late season Wisconsin, hopefully – uh got florida late season so that'll be cool uh but as far as big game definitely winding down got a little more time to do uh some wing shooting but as far as big game season it's really winding down for me so definitely looking forward to uh putting out a more consistent timeline uh as it pertains to putting these these episodes out so you know there's a lot more coming down the pipe got some cool episodes already recorded that uh you guys are really gonna like but i'll tell you this man i've done a couple of these episodes now they've all been fun but man this one was this was a cool one for me man these are three good buddies of mine play ball together uh three serious hunters and we just all you know we're just all sitting around having some beverages and uh talking hunting so i really think you guys are gonna like this one man three really good dudes uh three good hunters so this will be a good episode but and the reason why I'm doing this uh this intro this way is I did run into some technical difficulties. Uh at times you're probably gonna hear it's gonna sound like R2D2's in here probably. Uh but it's not too bad. But just wanted to let you guys know ahead of time, you know, it's still worth putting out because man, uh, you know, it really was a good episode. So, you know, this is just my sign to step it up on my editing or let somebody else do it. But did want to let you know you are gonna hear some 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 r2d2 going on in here from time to time but uh it's not bad just wanted to wanted to let you guys know that but let's go ahead and jump into it this was a hell of an episode uh appreciate you guys for being here listening i think you're gonna like it let's go ahead and hop into it welcome back to retire to hunt man listen i got three dudes on the line man that we bled together we sweated together we've been to means together listen some former teammates of mine from green bay some buddies that I consider real good friends, man. We got Jared Aberderis here, you know, former receiver for the Green Bay Packers. We got Jeff Janis here, another receiver for the Packers. We got Jeremy Vunovich here, uh, a former uh, old lineman buddy of mine. And we're going to just sit around and talk hunting. Listen, man, we've already wasted like 30 minutes uh, off camera just uh, talking, shooting the shit about hunting. I'm fired up to get it on, uh, get, re- get recorded, get rolling, and, uh, you know, let you guys hear, you know, these guys' experiences is, experiences and uh some of the things they've done this year but uh first of all man i appreciate y'all being here how y'all doing i know it's a beautiful night in the mountain how is it where y'all are at man jeff jan is going first it's, uh, What's jeff? it's a little it's a little too warm here in michigan i will say that for uh december so it's not helping the hunting as much but uh so far i've hunted uh let's see wisconsin didn't shoot anything uh illinois shot one pennsylvania shot one and kansas shot one so having a good so, deer season so far so you're having a good deer season. We're about to talk about that. But you said it's warm. Y'all had any snow at all? Uh, we've had like one snowstorm. We got like three inches and then pretty much melted. Yeah, I got you. You know, I'll say this. Like the biggest difference between where I live now in Colorado and, and being in Green Bay, because I don't know if people understand. Don't get it twisted. Green Bay is a brutally cold environment. I don't know if people truly, truly understand. You know, you hear frozen tundra like and maybe it's. It kind of gets overlooked, but it really is like that, you know, because I live in the mountains of Colorado. I live at 6,700 feet, and, uh, you know, Green Bay is still, it was a brutal environment, and the biggest difference is, I think, you know, living here is we get a little more sun than than Green Bay gets. I mean, I know y'all remember those times where, you know, there'd be a week, week and a half, however long it may be, where it was cold, nasty, gloomy. The sun would never pop out. There's dirty, you know, dirty-ass snow all over the street, just 
nasty, gloomy sun wouldn't come out, you know? And uh, that I think that was, you know, what made it so nasty, dirty. Uh, I don't know. But I know here, like, it'll get like that for a couple of days, but then all of a sudden the sun pops out, dude, and, like, the, the snow is gone quick, like, super, super quick. But uh, I think that's the biggest difference between here and Green Bay. Let's yeah. move on to Jared Aberderis. You know, he's got a nickname. I'm not going to call him by his nickname. He doesn't like it anymore. So, you know, I'm just going to call him Jared. Really good buddy of mine. Jared, how's it going there where you're at What's there up? Wisconsin? It's good. Um, yeah, it's been a We'll a make sure year. to cut out the mo too, by the way. So, so I, nobody knows where you live. But go ahead. It don't, it don't no, but it's been good, man. Uh, I live here in Wisconsin. Had a, a good year. Um, had had a nice buck. Was able to take with the gun. Was hoping to get him through, but um, had some circumstances come up, so I had to take him. Um, but, yeah. No, just looking forward to uh, winter, some ice fishing, stuff like that, and then shed season in the spring, and then get to do all the fun prep work with uh, all the food pots and all that kind of stuff. So winter for so me is kind said, of uh, – hey, That's what I was about to talk about. Like, so y'all, y'all have an actual season as well. No, there's not really a season. Just we can go whenever. Um, they, don't, they don't have, like, a certain time um, here in Wisconsin, but it's more – you just got to wait for, obviously, when all the it's deer drop. Yeah, and so, the snow. So get this: here in Colorado, there's an actual season. They claim that, not claim. It's it's a it's a rule that you cannot pick up a shed until I think it's like April 30, something like that. Like what? what? So and again, I'm just being honest with you. This is my opinion on that. That's that's my thing. Like, <laughs> like so oh, if I nice walk one. by a 350 inch <laughs> bull shed, a matching shed right there on the fence, right by the trailhead, I can't grab them and put them in my truck until April 30th. Wow. Do you, you have know, to get like a like, tag too, or is it just hey? You nah, just you don't have to get a tag. I don't think. Don't quote me on that. But I just know there is, in fact, a season, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. Is so it, what they say is, uh, what they say is, it's like protecting the wintering grounds. You know what I mean of the animals. That makes, which, that makes hey, sense. Hey, you know, if there's some science involved, that's great. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> like you said, like if I walk across some some antlers and they're laying there off the side of the trail, I can't take them with. What are we talking about? See, yeah, I is think that, that's. Exactly- that makes sense because like here in wisconsin like they can bet anywhere where for for you in the mountains like obviously they do have their certain range so you you know i guess it could make sense if that's kind of you know if it's true no it it definitely makes sense because you know because they like you said it's they can't winter at thirteen thousand feet right (laughs) they can't winter there so they come down to the lowlands you know so they can get to the feed and and they winter in certain areas and that's why that's really the you know because there's some people that take it super seriously uh Right. Shed scouting and shed hunting, you know, you you find where those animals are wintering. You know, some guys are glassing for sheds. Like some guys will put in miles and they will glass across the drainage for for sheds. Dude. You know, if they're in an the area where they know the elk are or deer. I mean, shed hunting is to me is is almost better than the hunt. Um, I'd rather I'd rather let the deer through find its sheds. Like finding those sheds is that's that's like the most exhilarating thing I think. Especially so when you have, long, you when you have a good deer, you know, I'm not talking about a, Hey, I got a four corn, like whatever. It's still fun to find. It was hard to find, but when you got a big deer that makes it through and you can find those sheds, there's nothing like that. That's gotta be a great feeling. I, I know nothing about that. And so I grew up, man, uh, like I said, in East Tennessee and I've been hunting since, you know, my, my most, you know, farthest back memory that I can remember. I've been hunting. I mean, probably hunting when I wasn't supposed to be, uh, and it wasn't much of hunting, man. Literally, you know, I grew up on 34 acres of land in East Tennessee. Uh, and we would literally, on the weekends when my dad would be off work, he would start a fire right outside the house. And we would stand by the fire. And uh, he ran a machine shop out of his house, and he had one employee. And his name was Dick. 
And uh, he would come over, bring uh, tenderloin biscuits, bologna, fried bologna biscuits, you know, on Saturdays. You know, we'd get up right before shooting light, and we'd stand by the fire, eat biscuits, and overlook this field. And I got this fence post that was right, you know, aimed right at that field. And that thing was wallowed out from the amount of deer I shot on that fence post. Because <laughs> literally, we would just stand by the fire and look down at the field and wait for, you know, it was, it was a good crossing spot. You know what I mean? Big, wide open field. There was a cornfield on the very top. And we kind of overlooked the hill that led into the flat, which was the, at the top was a cornfield. So we're kind of watching kind of a transition area. Shot, dude, dozens of deer off the side of that hill. But, uh. You know, again, that's not that much of a hunt. But as a kid, you know, it was cool to be able to be up and, and, and be a part of, you know, honestly killing that many deer, you know what I mean? Seeing that many deer, you know, and seeing their interactions, you know, in the wide open. Uh, because, you know, me, I'm a public land hunter. Y'all know that. But uh, this is this is one of the, the biggest pluses, I think, to hunting private land. You know, and y'all have a lot more uh, uh, private land access than I do. But I think one of the biggest things about private the biggest pros is you can go out and you get to see those deer or those elk acting elky or deery a lot more than on public. A lot of times on public, they're so freaked out. I mean, they're just, you know, they're all, you know, they're not, I mean, they're so paranoid. Like, for instance, and again, I'm sure this may happen on private, but this year, for instance, an elk story. So I'm hunting elk by myself. I'm spiked in solo. And uh, I bump into this elk herd. Literally, I just saw a flicker of an ear. And they were like 80 yards above me, and I had a downhill wind. It was in the morning, so it was perfect. Super lucky. But my point is, I watched those elk, and there was probably 30 head. They did not make a sound. Like, they did not make a sound the whole time I watched them. (laughs) And it's like, there's that many elk, a couple dozen elk up there, and they I would have never known they was there if I didn't see that flicker of an ear. My point is, I feel like on private land, they're more – able to be themselves if that makes sense you know what i mean they're not getting as much lead flung at them that much carbon flung at them i think the big thing is they're just not as educated you know um just to back up that story same thing wisconsin turkey hunting and on private land i mean you can call have decoys up and you know they'll come right in me and my father and this was probably i don't know 10 years ago we were out on a piece of public because you know public whatever it's you know a lot of public for turkey hunting um you, know, you just hit different spots in the mornings, and if you hear them gobble, whatever you go after them. Had a couple of turkeys gobbling; they were far off in the field. Um, we threw up a decoy, and I was watching this time. It was like 200 yards away, so they were coming and they were getting through these, like you know, a bunch of shrubby stuff. And as soon as they saw my decoy, they ran. They did no way could they see oh, me or my dad or any. That's public, man. But that's public. They, it's just they get educated, and that's any type of wildlife. I mean, it is it is a different type of hunting, and you gotta you gotta be creative and and think outside the box and do things that you, you wouldn't do on, on private land. It's definitely a different type of hunt. Right. I, I agree with that. I think, and again, you know, we were literally just debating this, a private public debate, right? Like, which one's harder? Which one you got to put more work in, right? So, like I said, I'll start this, right? Like, I'm a public land guy. Now, keep in mind, I am not a purist. You know, if somebody said, hey, Walt, come out here and hunt my deer on my piece, let's go. I'm all about it, Uh, you know? But I've, I've only been on one guided hunt in my life, and, and I won't give up the name of the outfitter, but it was in Colorado. Supposed to be one of the best waterfowl outfitters out there. Now, keep in mind, they uh, they major in geese. Now, this was in teal season, you know, so they don't major in teal, right? But fact of the matter is, it was just bad timing, I guess, because I went on the hunt. I paid for me and my girl. We went out there. Didn't see anything. It was miserable. Like, it didn't see anything. And my point is, is I feel like... <laughs> If I would have told myself, you know, the opener, you know, we're going to go public land DIY, 
I would have put in so much time and effort. I would have been somewhere where there were some ducks. Why? Because I would have been there two days early, and I would have been just riding around, and I would have found the birds so that I knew we would at least have a chance. If we if we can't shoot right. and hit them, that's on us. But I would have found them birds have been on them. And this shit, I didn't say their name, so I'm not even going to say with all due respect to them. But, yeah, it was bad. Like, that was the only guy to hunt I've ever been on. But, anyway, going back to the public land private debate, uh, it is not easy to kill any deer, let alone a mature buck, on public – or private, right? It's it's not, right? It's those things are just there. It's tough to kill them, man. It's tough to get on them. It's tough to get close to them. Just period. They're cagey animals. We're talking about whitetail here, a mature whitetail buck. You know, they get into that four plus years old, right? They it becomes a different creature. Uh, but I don't know. For me, I think what draws me to public is I don't know. I feel like maybe it's it's the competing part of it still. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that's what it is. But at the same time, though, I'll say this. <laughs> You know, when I see people in the woods, I'm not happy about it. You know, I'm just going to be honest. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, it's good to, you know, the money for the licenses. <laughs> I, I agree with that. You got to have people buying hunting licenses. But it sucks when you're in five, six miles, and all of a sudden you see an orange hat, an orange vest on this ridge, and you're like, well, they've got to be the only other ones back here. And then you go to another glass of point you think you have that nobody's going to go to, and there's orange headed up that hill. It's like, you got to be kidding me. It, it doesn't make me happy. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they got as much right to it as I do, but uh, you know, going back to, you know, the main uh, the main deal here. Yeah, like the competition part's cool. And I don't know, man. Uh, to me, I'm an animal lover. Like, I, I love animals, man. And people, oh, but you kill so many. Yeah, I understand that. But, like, I feel more comfortable killing when I know how much work went into that shit. Uh, not to say that, not to say that I couldn't. Shoot something on a guided hunt on private. I'm not saying that. Listen, I'm you know, I'm real. Y'all know I'm transparent as can be. I'm not saying that. But that's what I major in is public stuff, right? I do private stuff from time to time, but I'm majoring the public stuff. And, uh, again, that's a big thing that comes into it is, you know, when I pull so that what? trigger and kill something, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It just it makes me feel better about it knowing how much work went into it. But go ahead. Go ahead, Jerry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it even comes down to more – not even just public, because we can get into public, private, the different types of work that goes into it. Obviously, private, you got, you know, food pots, you got planting trees, you got all the different stuff that you're doing, switchgrass, I mean, water holes, all that stuff that's going to make your property a deer mecca. But then, you know, prior shooting lanes, all that stuff. There's a lot of public, work that goes into it. Public, okay, now you're getting the scout and you got to be getting hitting tons of different properties, getting the cameras out, trying to figure out, okay, where is there, where is there a mature buck to kill? Um, where's a good spot where I think there's not not as much human activity, but so like obviously you can have that conversation all day, but I think it really comes down to is what is your, I guess desire in hunting. So yeah, like, what do you it, want to have the hunt? Yeah, and everybody has different, you know, and that's kind of the tough number one. The tough thing about public is because you got you're kind of you know everybody's thrown in there together, you know, where private you can kind of say okay. Like I've had, I bought a couple of different properties and sold them because it's like my neighbors just didn't do what I wanted. You know, it's like they just weren't like minded. So I'm not going to, you know, go down that, that hole every year and just, you know, shoot myself in the foot because my neighbors don't think the same as me. Um, so re hey, real quick, let me stop you real quick. Don't lose your train of thought. But what, yep. so go in more about what you mean about, you know, the, the, the issues you've had with the neighbors and stuff. Like, what do you mean by that? Just more so, I mean, and it, like I said, everybody has their different ideas on hunting. What, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to shoot mature deer? What's a mature deer? Do you want to shoot, like, you know, just a two-year-old, uh, 
you know, just an eight pointer, a four point side, five point, you know, there's so many different things that people try to say is, Hey, this is a big buck, or this is just what I want to do. Hey, we're just going to shoot, you know, all our tags every year. So, you know, I think I've gotten to the point of more, like, I don't need to kill a deer, um, but that, you know, and I'm trying to grow deer. Like I, I like the process of trying to get deer to a certain age. And if I can get people around me that at least have the respect to have their own conservation, because I feel like, you know, in Wisconsin, especially like our, I think our DNR doesn't do the greatest job, um, you know, giving away tags. Um, there's a lot of small parcels. So shoot, there can be a, I mean, for instance, my, one of my neighbors, they got 50, 50 some acres. I mean, they had 11 guys hunting that on opening day. So it's like, Woo! Well, if, every, if every guy shoots two bucks, you know, bow and gun, that's 20, you know, 22 bucks. You ain't ever going to grow something. So like, it really comes down to the, the property owners and the people in your area that, have to have respect for each other if if that's what you're looking for so that's why i say it comes down to you know hey what is your desire as a hunter because for me example like i've been around some dnr land that's i mean i've had two so one there was a 200 plus inch deer on a piece of dnr and i honestly did i went hunting them two times and then i just i didn't even want to hunt them anymore because number one there was just so many people in the woods and i just kind of like you said it just got annoying Uh, but two it's like i really didn't and it's a different type history i mean i had a history with them because i went in and you know scouted them glassed them all summer put cameras i've got trail cam pics of them so i did all that work but it was just like for me i like the the more of like growing them being like hey yeah i like i grew this deer on my property from this age to this age you know what i mean so there's like that kind of difference too in public versus private and it really comes down to what do you want to do what's your goal what's your desire i mean do you want to shoot tons of deer you just want to shoot one you know like that's kind of what it goes i was trying to get to I guess if that makes sense. You know, I got a question. I got a question for you. Yeah. Have, like growing up, have you always hunted private? Have you like always had that option? Yeah. So we um, grew up and um, my dad had um, access to a farm. So we, we grew up hunting and, okay. you know, I think we all, we all were, you know, playing football and stuff. So really, I, I think I probably only shot four deer, I think, you know, four bucks until I was retired from the NFL. Okay. Just because I think, because I think like me and Locke and I are kind of similar. I mean, in Michigan where I'm at, there's a statistic I read. There's twice as many hunters as there are deer. And like in Wisconsin, mm. there's twice as many deer as there are hunters. And so like me growing up, I, I didn't have any property. So we just hunted state land all the time where if you see a deer, you shot it because you might not see a deer the rest of deer season. Right. So that's where like, my perspective and how my mindset is when I hunt now is different than say yours, even though I have hunted right. other places, you know, which right. I, and guess, I, think... I go to an outfitter, I you, use deer that you don't want shot. Or if I were to hunt your property and you say, Hey, don't shoot that deer. I'm not going to shoot that deer. You know what I mean? But right. it's kind of like I, what Jay that... saying is like when you, when you have to put a little bit more work in, um, it kind of means a little bit more. I, 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 I don't want to say means yeah. more, but you know what I mean? Like, it's yep. just, it's, it's kind of a, just a different scenario. It is different. And like I said, I don't listen. I, I like, I don't really care what people want to do. Like if you want to shoot a, like what I would consider a little buck, like I don't really care. Um, I mean, obviously it's like, if I'm your na- neighbor, I'm probably going to be like, <laughs> Hey, like, you know, I, I passed the six of those deer. Like, can we try to get some through? Like, this is what we can have. But at the end of the day, like people yeah, are going to, sure. they're going to do what they want to do. Um, and I know I talked to Walk, I think, about this a couple of times. So I just wish it, you know, it was more of a fair 
um, playing field for both sides. Like, cause I, we can coexist. I mean, there's, and I think, yeah, no doubt. Like, I think, I think like great shoot those, like, you know, but a lot of people won't shoot those. They'll just shoot, you know, a, a four corn instead of shooting six does, you know, but then they right, say they yeah. need meat, which whatever, like, you just want to shoot a buck. That's fine. Like I get it. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think that's the big thing. Like everybody can coexist. Like if you want to shoot a deer, like, Hey, I understand. Like my, like, I guess I would say I try to shoot, you know, larger, more mature deer. So I understand there's been shooting the last two years. I mean, there's been six bucks that, you know, really nice deer. I mean, between the one forties and one fifties that I pass and got shot, you just understand that that's going to happen, you know, but it's like, if, if we at least had some sort of rules in place in Wisconsin to say, you know, you look at Ohio, one buck a year, like, look how, I mean, shoot, they, they shoot some big deer, Iowa. I mean, you know, out of state license, you can't get a tag there for four to five years if you're bow hunting. And some you know, did y'all hear? Not to cut you off, did y'all yep. hear about the Texas rule? Uh, I think it's like you can't shoot a buck unless it's like 13 inches inside or something like that. Or yeah, some, and something, and, something and like that. Yeah, like, like doesn't yeah. there are some places that do four? Like, hey, you can't shoot unless it's four yeah, points. It has to be. But I would. Point. I think. I think I Minnesota. Say, I would say that would hurt. That actually hurts hurts deer because a lot of the young really nice bucks get shot so then you're just getting mm. the you know you'll get some big deer through obviously doing that yeah, which helps like as soon but, as it's an eight point it gets shot yeah like like a, a 10 pointer <laughs> that's a one-year-old gets shot you know because it's like oh i had right. five well really we want yeah, the right. six pointer to get shot rather than the 10 so but i just think that if if there are some things that could go in place that would really help both people to go you know both the type of hunters to have a chance to do what they want to do you know but so you get you get two tags in wisconsin yeah, so we get a bow um, and buck one bow, tag. one buck. Or yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, one bow, one gun. Yep, one bow, okay. one gun. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. That's the same. I mean, but the same. You, and you guys have two tags. Regard, you can shoot them. Whatever, yeah, you can right? shoot them with whatever. Yeah, yeah. two buck tags. <laughs> so real, real <laughs> yeah. quick, real, real quick. Uh, let me stop you right there because we want to talk a lot more about deer management. But last but not least, I got my boy Jeremy Vunovich, old AKA Crawl Daddy here. Crawl Daddy been doing some. Uh, he been doing some duck hunting this year, man. Crawl, how's it been going yeah. down there in Louisiana? Well, before we get down on the, on the ducks, I do want to say I now know why I don't get invited to Jared's property to go deer hunt because <laughs> down here in South Louisiana, if it's brown, hey, we're kidding. So, Jared, he knows not to invite me to his property, otherwise I'm shooting that shit. he's been working over three years in South. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, we down here in South Louisiana, man. We've been chasing the ducks a little bit. It's been different, man. It's been, you know, three or four years ago, the ducks were, this is the duck capital of the world, in my opinion, you know, Venice, Louisiana. You know, Walk's been down here a couple of times. Did okay. Some of saying the, the flyway's changing a little bit. Maybe it's going a little bit more west. I went out to East Texas two years ago, year and a half ago now, and we just destroyed the birds. We had 10 of us in a blind. We shot 60 ducks by nine o'clock, you know? So that Jeez. used to be, that used to be South Louisiana. And now to your point about, you know, the animals being frantic, the public land hunting, it's waking up at two o'clock, beating the other person to the pond. And then once you get to the pond, the ducks are being shot at every other hole. So now they're flying around, they're looking like, you know, they're panicking or whatever. And when you get some fresh birds down and they're calm and they're coming into the decoys, it's night and day. So it's been, crazy to see the flyway change and then the difference between a, a new bird and then a bird that's been shot at if you want to call them a new bird because they've been hunted since canada all the way down but um you know 
the fresh birds that come down and the new birds and then the public and private debate, you could do that for duck as well. You know, do you have a better chance? Is it more rewarding? You know, you got all that that goes into it as well. Right. So like when you're talking about the fresh birds, uh, down, you're down there close to Venice, right? Close to Venice, about an hour north of Venice. Which again, you know, you said it was your opinion that it was, you know, duck capital world. You're with a lot of others too. You know, a lot of other people consider Venice, Louisiana to be, you know, one of the duck capitals, you know, in this, in this country. And, uh, you know, I've been down there hunting and, you know, I've got a bird on the wall, uh, from down there in Venice. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll go ahead and tell the story real quick before we keep going about these birds, man. So y'all ain't heard this story. <laughs> y'all go like the story. So we're sitting, we're sitting in the blind and, uh, were we still playing ball, Carl? I think we were just got done. I think we yeah, I think out. we were playing okay. ball still. Okay. We were definitely playing ball still. So I fly down there. Or no, I drove down there. I drove down there. Drove down there. And uh, Carl, is this your cousin? Uh, yeah, my cousin. Yeah, my cousin. Give him a shout out. What's, what's his name again? Trey. Oh, yeah, Trey. Trey, yeah, yeah. Shout out to my Trey, man. Trey, I appreciate he, you. He brought us down there. He hooked us up. He's got a, he's got a, a piece over there that uh, it does very well when there's birds down. And, and so he took me and walked out. Yeah, so we go out, and I think this was the first morning of the hunt, wasn't it? Yeah. So we go to the lease. You know, it's you know a couple minute boat ride out there, and we're sitting there. And I'll, I don't remember if we had killed anything to this point. I think maybe a blue something something came in. We popped. I think anyway, we're sitting there. Also, here comes a fully sprig Drake pintail, beautiful coming in from right to left. So I'm on the far left. I think Carl, you're in the middle, aren't you? I was. I was in the middle. <laughs> Trey was on the right. This bird comes in from right to left. You know, Crawl kind of called it. You know what I'm saying? I want Crawl to kill. It. You know, we all want Crawl to kill. It. Here he comes in. I don't think Trey even shot. But I told myself, I'm like, Crawl's got two shots to shoot this pintail, and I'm about to let <laughs> let loose this three and a half inch hypersonic that I got in this Super Black Eagle three. So, you know, here comes a bird. It was a long shot. Period for Crawl and me. All of a sudden, here he comes in. In my head, I'm like, that's one. Two, boom! Finally, I shot that three and a half. Hey, <laughs> that, 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 was a, that was a far shot, too, man. Like, I, I it was a long poke. I almost didn't shoot at it, and and when Walt killed that thing, me and Trevor both like, damn, Walt just shot that thing. But since that hunt, I went and bought a new choke tube, and I tell you what, I ain't had that issue since. So like, Stan, you shoot that bird that far, <laughs> it inspired me to go buy a new choke tube. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've, I've told that story so many times because that pintail's still at the house, man. I have to see y'all a picture of it. I got that pintail uh, right here at the house above my TV. He, uh, it's a cool deal, man. Fully sprigged out. He's got like rust on his belly. You know, apparently they get those from those rice fields, like around Arkansas and stuff like that. But uh, now it's a cool mount. So yeah, you said you've been out, Carl. You, I saw you. Uh, you banned on some teal, and then Big Duck just opened, didn't it? Big Duck just opened. We're actually at the split right now, so we had the first split. Um, right now we have about a two week break and then the second split will open up, not this weekend, but next. And, uh, you'll be looking for a good weekend. We got a nice cold front for us. When the cold fronts come from Canada, they come on down, usually move a lot of birds. I know kind of in the Midwest when the, when the, the fields freeze now mm -hmm. they have machines and stuff that keep them from freezing. A lot of people make that argument that, Hey, that's what's keeping the birds up North now because those fields aren't freezing and the birds don't have to come down. And so they want to keep them up there and they, you know, they keep those, those fields. Yeah. Down. Let's keep them birds. Yeah. They had Jared over there. <laughs> all, all the birds. So nah, I, I agree with man. that. Yeah. Dude, so I, that, I agree with that. So when, when would you say it's best down there? Like when do y'all do the best down there in big duck? I would say the opening week, which is early November. And then you could get a late, a late 
migration, if you will, and the December-ish second split that that open a week of second split. I'd say that's probably the two the two best weeks to come. Um, and then again, you'll have some, you'll have some mixes depending on cold fronts, depending on weather. You know how many birds are moving and everything. And, and specifically up north, is things frozen? Is it not? You know, like that's going to depend on how many birds come down. So, Boone, would you what say do you it's been, uh, what do you do with the go ducks? ahead, go ahead. What's your what, what do you, way to cook them? Bro, what do I do with them? Yeah. Shoot, Walk and I were just talking about this the other day, man. I try to, for me, I, I try to eat everything that I kill. So a lot of times, like if we go hunting within two days, I'm trying to cook my birds because if you know, for me, if I throw them in the freezer, you know, it's going to be a year before I'm pulling them back out and stuff. So I, I'm either wrapping them in bacon, I'm, a, I'm putting them in some kind of gumbo, I'm putting them in a stew, <laughs> whatever I could do to mix it up because red beans and rice. <laughs> Hey, we don't, we don't disrespect red beans and rice like that, all right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, y'all. This, this is a perfect segue into what I got to say about Carl and his duck hunting and his damn red beans and rice. Listen, in Green Bay, you know, Carl was literally my first friend in Green Bay. We were literally on practice squad together. That was my, you know, my second stop, and I was there very quickly. Anyway, second stop, and – uh. You know, I had bought an old shitty, uh, like $800 Craigslist boat. I remember, you remember that? That's when I first started out. Yeah, I remember that. I thought we bought Lost Our Lives in that $800 boat, too. I, I can tell that story, too. <laughs> Let's go ahead, though. So, I, we're talking about a pool start, like spray painted camo. Uh, when when, you, when we hunted, did I have the blind on it yet? The Avery blind, the pop up? Yeah, the Avery blind on Oh, okay. So, we were living good. Yep. Yeah, we were living good. We had the, you know, we had the Avery pop up. But uh, there were so many times. So, guys, on Tuesdays, uh, you know, that was our off day. You know, in the National Football League, you got Tuesday. That's your quote-unquote off day. Uh, so I happened to live on the water out in uh, in Swamico, Wisconsin there. Matter of fact, I can be specific. I don't care. I was right there on Sunset Beach and, uh, you know, right there on the water. And, you know, uh, I don't want to give away too much, but there's some good bird hunting around that area. I'm just going to tell you it's good. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'd go out and I'd tell Carl, hey, man, I'm going Tuesday. Oh no, nah, bro! I'm I'm gonna stay back at the apartment. He cooks <laughs> red beans and rice. And, you know, I sent him a picture of all these blue bills, these canvas backs, these mallards, these geese. He crawl, you know, crawl being the you know down there by Venice. He's supposed to be you know duck commander. I'm like, crawl, let's go. But you know, he, red beans and rice are more important. You know, I'm over. I'm over there trying to get some recovery in on Tuesday. You know, take my naps, <laughs> eat my red beans and rice. I will say though. The one time I went with Walk, he's like, hey, come on. I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead. Let me go see what this guy's got going on. So he just shoots the bird. He, shoot, he sends me some pictures. I'm like, you know what? Let's go on this Tuesday. So we, we get up. We go. I get to the launch. He's got this $800 Craigslist boat with a five horsepower, <laughs> like, on the back. And I'm like, well, we getting get a gnat? He's like, yeah, man, come on. So we get in. And he lives on Swamico, and it was a big lake. And so, like, when you go out by the neighborhood, it's like an inlet. And when you go out, it started getting a little – a little hairy with, I don't know, what you say, walk three-foot rollers or something? Uh, every bit of three. I mean, you're talking about white capping. I mean, you're talking about every bit yeah, of three like, foot. Yeah, it, it wasn't I, safe I, what we what I grew we up doing. In, yeah. And I grew up it in South Louisiana on, on the water and stuff. And, and long story short, I start putting my life jacket on. I'm looking at walk. we looking at each other like, man, are we, we got to make it to the blind or what? And so we ended up doing some duck hunting and everything. But um, what a great experience to hunt the lake right there in Swamico and, and do some Green Bay hunting, man. It was awesome. It, it was awesome, man. And again, it goes back to, you know, the way I like to do it DIY fashion. It's like, I don't remember if we killed a duck or not, but it's like, you know, if you kill one bird on a hunt like that, where you just go out on a Tuesday, no scouting, you know, and honestly, and I'm not just saying this, like you don't even have to kill a bird just to get out there and throw decoys out 
and, and be sitting in them reeds. Uh, you know, you get to release your mind from, uh, you know, everything that we, that we was going through, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying it was prison or anything, but you know, there's, there's a lot of mental stuff going on, uh, you know, playing in the national football league, but it's definitely cool to get out, do some DIY hunting. Uh, you know, speaking of like life and death situations, have y'all had any this year? Do y'all got any this year or not? You got any cool ones? Life and death? Nah. Oh, y'all don't <laughs> hunt, man. That's crazy. Nah. nah. I'm so this safe. year I had, I won't call it life <laughs> and death, but I'll say it was, it was hairy, man. So I was on, uh, I was on an elk hunt. I was, uh, by myself and I wasn't spiked in, but I was truck camping. So I'm truck camping and it's down the road. I mean, you're on a dirt road for 35, 45 minutes. You know what I mean? You're, you're back in there. It's, I won't call it the back country because in my opinion, the back country is, I won't put a figure on the number of miles from a road, but you got to be away from the road. You know what I mean? I was truck camping. So I'm right off the road. Right. So I didn't think there was going to be any crazy wildlife encounters. There ended up being a crazy wildlife encounter. So, you know, I put my tent up and, uh, actually going and hunt that night, got on the bugle and listen, I can't wait to have y'all come out and experience what it feels like to hear a bugle when you got a tag in your pocket and you hear a bugle that you know you can chase. Like it's it's a cool deal because a lot of people come out here, and I'm just telling you, a lot of people come out from east, they come out from farther west, and they don't find a fresh pile of shit, let alone hear a bugle. You know what I mean? So when you get in them, I mean it's it's a cool feeling. So anyway, I hunted, heard a bugle, headed towards him, but he was kind of moving off. I wasn't doing a whole lot of calling because this was like uh in the late teens of September. So I want to say it was like 18, 19, 20 ish of September. Right. So those, those elk have been pestered. So I didn't want to really go nuts with the bugle. You know, I located him and struck him like a Turkey, right? Y'all hunt turkeys. I struck him and he bugled back, which was cool. Uh, you know, and I, I started going after him. He kind of was moving off naturally. So, you know, it was the evening hunt. So I was like, you know what? Let me try him in the morning. So I go to sleep. Excuse me. I go back to my tent to go to sleep. So I go back to my tent, lay down, go to sleep, wake up at 2 a.m. And I hear raking like i mean it was so plain to tell that it was an ungulate animal raking a tree uh, it was a deer or an elk or a bull raking a tree i'm like dude that's raking that's crazy look at my phone it was like 206 i'm like damn so anyway i'm like this is cool then all of a sudden uh do y'all have moose in, in michigan or wisconsin no anyway so they may it's a very very, like, once you hear one, you'll never forget it. Like, literally, I'm laying there. I'm like, what is that? Is that an elk or what? It would have been great if it was elk. You know, wake up and go stick an arrow in it at, like, 608. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> I'm laying there, and all of a sudden, I hear it. Oh. I'm like, oh, man, that's a moose. I'm like, that is awesome. Like, that is a moose. It's 2 a.m. Uh, that's a moose outside my tent. This is awesome. But then, like, two minutes later, I hear, oh, from the other direction. Oh. I'm like, what is this? Like. <laughs> all right, there's two now. It's kind of dangerous because I don't want them to start fighting and all of a sudden trample me, right? They roll roll across my tent. Because these things are huge. I don't know if people understand. I don't know exactly. Uh, you know, the, right. I don't know specific. And, again, it's a Shiro's moose. It's not a Yukon moose, but it's still a large animal. So, you know, I'm laying in my tent, and I hear these things. Oh, oh, and they're walking toward, excuse me, the one that's raking is continuing to rake. The one that came from the back left is walking towards him. And the one that's raking sounds huge. So then I'm like, all right. You know, I'm getting my heart starting to beat a little more. I'm like, ah, all right, they're and when I say they were close, <laughs> I heard them walking. You know what I mean? Like they were close. So I'm like, all right, I grab my 10 millimeter out of my, you know, my marsupial gear, bino harness. Grab my uh 10, put it on my chest, and I'm just laying there, heart beating. I didn't cut a light on, no nothing. I'm like, God, dog, what do I do? 
Well, then, I don't know, that went on for two set, two minutes. And then from the right hand, over my right shoulder, I hear another one. Uh, 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 walking towards the rest of them. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's three moose around. My heart is beating out of my chest. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, literally, I'm just here. Uh, 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 uh. Like, there's so many. <laughs> yeah. sound. I don't know what they sounded like. Angry, ruddy, I don't know, but. They was making all kind of noises that I was not comfortable with. Uh, so I'm laying there. My heart's beating out of my chest. I'm like, do I, uh, you know, do I get up and, like, try to yell at these things? Like, do I just lay there and let them walk past? I don't know. So I'm just laying there. I'm like, I don't know. I was kind of in limbo. I'm like, I'm just going to lay here for a minute. So I'm laying there, and I can literally hear my heart beating. I'm like, God, God, what's about to happen? So the one that came from the back left corner. So if you look in my tent, I'm oriented on the back left corner of my tent facing the door. And – this moose was the one that came from that back left side. All of a sudden, he's getting closer. Oh, he's close. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he's close. Like, right by my tent. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, my finger's on the trigger. That thing's cocked back, ready to roll. I'm like, I might have to shoot a moose. Like, literally, I'm thinking, all right, what do I need to do? Okay, if I shoot him, I'm going to have to go out there, take pictures of everything. I can't call anybody because I don't have service. I'm out of service. I have my in reach. I could enrich Kendall, have her call somebody. I'm going through all the contingency stuff, right? Because I'm literally about to shoot this moose because he's walking right towards the tent. I'm like, damn, I really don't want to do this, but I'm about to do it. So all of a sudden, it stops. It's an eerie silence for like two seconds. I'm like, oh, my God. But then, I don't know if you can imagine this. So the sound of like rubbing your finger on the tent, like the tent fabric, all of a sudden, I just hear right beside me, and I see the indent of his nose. What? I just backhand the shit out of him. And I'm point I backhand him with my left hand, right? I'm in the back corner of my tent. Backhand him with my left hand. I'm pointing a pistol at him. Excuse my language, but I just kept repeating, fuck you, moose. Fuck you. Fuck you. Just yelling at that moose. And he takes off running. I have never heard an animal run so far. What do you mean by that? Like, I heard sticks crashing for so long. Like, you know, they're so big. Like, I heard stuff crash for so long. But get this. You know, I told y'all that one that was raking sounded huge. He never moved. As I'm yelling, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I take that 10, I grab my lantern, I don't cut it on, but I start pop, 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 pop. Fuck you, moves, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> slapping that 10 millimeter on that lantern. And finally, I hear him take off running and took off. But I'm by myself, middle of nowhere. I had my in reach, right? So I could have messaged, but I don't know if y'all know how it works, but. It's not no instant messenger, if that makes sense. Like, it takes <laughs> time middle, for those messages to get out. This is the middle of the night this is happening? 2 a.m., 2.06. 2, 2.06 in the morning. Yeah, I, just, to, I think if I went, went off doing that, I think I got to have to go with somebody. Not, I mean, yeah, hey, for sure. and, and, <laughs> just to have, like, somebody to be like, what do we do? <laughs> so, first off, so this year was the first year, and I didn't start hunting elk till last year. And uh, this year's the first year I ever spiked in alone. What does spike mean? I mean, I went in, Please take camp on my back, two miles in, set up my camp, and I lived in the woods. You know what I mean? Like, if I wasn't walking around looking for elk, I was laying in my tent, you know what I mean, by myself, like, middle of the backcountry. Uh, but my point in saying all that is, is it was, like, one of the coolest experiences, man, because you've got to rely – on everything you know, you know what I mean? Like, if you're out there by yourself, whether it's bad, and I'm talking about the outcome, whether it's bad or whether it's good, it's on you. So, like, when you're out there by yourself, like, 
It's all about how much do you really know? To me, it was a great test. It was almost like a game. It's like, all right, you know, you you know, you got retired to hunt. You know, you t- always talk about hunting this and that. Well, like, go out there and do it yourself. You know what I mean? So I went and did that for a couple of days. I went in for four nights alone, and uh, it was incredible. So the first night, I went in in the evening. It was crazy. So I'm sitting at the bottom of this hill, headed up. My camp was literally straight up a hill, uh, and I see some guys coming down, and they were blowing the flute. They sounded bad. I'm not being judgy, but they sounded horrible on the bugle. Anyway, I knew it was people, so I stopped, and they start heading down the hill. And uh, so I stand there and I cut my light off. It was towards, you know, dark, dark, really dark hours. You know, it was towards the evening. So I cut my light off. I see their lights coming down the hill. And I'm like, well, I don't want them to come talk to me because I don't want them to see my spike gear. Because to me, if I saw somebody headed up spiking, that means they probably know something's up. Like they know there's some elk in there. You know what I mean? And I did. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I didn't want them to see me. So I cut my light off. Those dudes come bebopping down the hill, man, you know, talking to each other. And they kept getting closer closer and closer and i'm like you know i'm a big dude man you know you probably don't see many big black elk hunters out in the woods you know i'm like i don't want to scare the hell out of this dude so i stayed behind a tree i'm like and they walked by like 10 yards man i'm like oh my god but they had no clue i was there i just let them walk past they had no clue i was there i just hunkered down behind a tree (laughs) wow so yeah, I let them walk down. Bad, that would have been if they would have found you. <laughs> they would have been, they might have pulled their pistol. They might have pulled their pistol. Yeah, so, you know, I let them keep walking down the hill. They probably didn't go far. It was it was some older guys. Um, I, I wouldn't imagine they walked up to where I hunt because it's some pretty gnarly terrain. Uh, they probably I, I probably know about where they stopped and probably blew some bugles and didn't hear anything and came down. Uh, the reason they didn't hear anything is because those elk are all the way on top of that where they were headed to. But anyway, I keep going, hiking there, and uh, I went to a listening spot that night. Didn't hear anything, but I'm laying in my tent, and literally like 11, 12 o'clock, there's a bugle fest right below me, which I was freaked out about. Why? Thermals. I was above those elk. At night, you know, you got that downhill thermal. So I'm I'm worried about it, but I'm standing outside of my tent barefoot. I don't know. It's like, I don't know, 55 degrees. It's not cold at all is my point. It was a... Beautiful night. There was a little bit of moon, and uh, those elk were just going nuts right below me. Probably, who knows, maybe a couple hundred yards below me. And again, I kept. I was freaked out because at any point, I'm like, I'm gonna hear them start barking, which a bark is like a blow for a whitetail. So I was expecting to hear them start, you know, barking and just run off, uh, you know, with that downhill thermal. But they never did. My point is, it was an incredible experience, man. Like all those bugles, I'm by myself. It's like I put myself in this position. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, and it, it was just awesome. And again, you know, the reason I bring that story up is that private public land debate we were having, man, you know, just hiking into a spot like that and living with those elk and your main sole purpose in your life for those couple of days are to find elk. You know, you have no cell service, you've got your in reach, but your sole purpose in life for them couple of days, you know what I mean? is to find an elk and, uh, you know, it's an incredible experience and, uh, you know, I hate to keep, you know, I'm going to go ahead and tell it real quick. You know, I hate to keep talking. I got y'all on. I want to hear what y'all got to say. But I'll tell you about a miss that I had this year on that exact trip. Long story short, middle of the day, I'd already chased a couple bulls. And uh, all of a sudden, I chased a bull. It was a huge bull. It was a huge bull. Opportunity didn't pan out. So, you know, the big bull runs off, and I just sit down. Didn't want to pester him. But I hear raking. So I'm like, I think it's raking. You know, I don't know for sure it's raking, but I'm like, it sounds like raking. It went on for like 15 minutes. I'm like, that's a bull. So I start heading towards it. I get halfway towards it. All of a sudden, that's off a nasty bugle. I'm like, okay, bet. That is a that is definitely raking. So I'm fired <laughs> up at that point. 
So I'm headed towards this thing. I cross the ditch. I don't know if y'all know what an avalanche chute is, you know, an area in like a basin where an avalanche went through and it's created like a ditch. You know what I mean? So I'm crossing it. I climb up in there and, uh, dude, there's like, it was, it was incredible. There's like 10 cows. And I, I don't know, for me, I hear a lot more bugles than I do cows when I'm in the woods. I don't know why, but anyway, the cows were going nuts. Just, you know, you know, like from everywhere. It was incredible. So I was watching this and I could see a bandit. It was all, bro. I was only like 80 yards away. I'm in bow range. I'm like, this is incredible. And uh, I'm like, there's got to be a bull. I heard the raking. All of a sudden, I see the tree moving, right? Okay, I throw my binos up. It's a three-point. Okay, in Colorado, you can shoot a three-point, but it's got to have a five-inch brow time. You know, I don't have my measuring tape. So <laughs> I knew it was a three-point, so I'm not going to shoot him. You know what I mean? So I just, you know, chalked it up as this is a cool bull. I was in shooting range, but it's a three-point. I'm good. You know, and again, I'm not a trophy hunter, but I didn't know for sure if that was a legal bull. You know what I mean? So. I back out of there, and I literally sit in that ditch because I got a, uh, an uphill thermal. It's 11, 12, 1 o'clock, somewhere in that time. And I just sit there, and I take my boots, take my socks off, and I hear that bull headed up the hill, you know what I mean, the way he was kind of uh, going. And I'm sitting there. I got my socks and boots off, socks in the tree. I've got my uh, stove out, boiling water. I'm about to eat lunch. I'm about to eat some ramen noodles. <laughs> so I'm heating up water. I'm boiling water. All of a sudden, that three-point sounds off. Yeah! He screams. I'm like, that's awesome. But, you know, I knew what he was, right? I knew that was that bull. But then over my left shoulder, a bull answers him. <laughs> Chuckle. I mean, right in my ear, like right behind me. And I'm freaking out. Thank God I put it. And again, I'm by myself. 12,100. Nah, no, no, no. I don't think I was at 12. I think 11.8. So I'm at 11.8 by myself. Water boiling over, right? Because I'm boiling water. I got my boots in front of me. I got my socks in the tree. Most incredible thing ever. So Aww. uphill win. So when I heard him do that, I'm like, ain't no way this is going to happen. Because I'm not going after him. I got my shoes off. What I'll do is I'll just keep listening to him. And then once I get finished with this, I'll go after him. You know what I mean? Once I finish lunch, I'll go after him. Right now, this is what I'm doing. But then all of a sudden I hear, I'm like, oh, shit. I'm close. Because if you hear their feet, you are close. I'm just telling you. Like, if you hear them moving, you're close. So all of a sudden I hear him. I'm like, holy shit. They're about to come out below me. Uphill win. They're going to come out below me. This I'm going to shoot my bull right here. Grab my bow. They're de directly below my feet. I'm facing the downhill of the mountain, right? So they're going to come out between my legs, you know, directly below my feet. So I'm sitting there. I grab my bow. I'm like, holy shit, this is about to happen. All of a sudden, do, 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 do. the first cow crosses. I'm like, holy shit, there she is. Came out in the opening, big enough to shoot through. I grab my rangefinder, 58 yards. Click it again, 58 yards. Click it again, 57 yards. Let's go. I'm like, this might happen. Here comes another cow. Every one of them got their tongues hanging out, but they didn't make a sound but their feet. Pick wow. one, two, three, four. I could have shot any cow. Got an either sex tag. But I was like, I guarantee you that bull is behind these cows. They cross, they cross. After about a dozen of them cross, okay, so that ditch is covered in young fir trees, right? So they're about six foot tall fir trees, young trees. And all of a sudden, I see a rack. Sticking out from those trees, mud all in that rack, like a nice 260, 270, 280 inch five point chocolate rack. And he just stops at the top of the hill and looks down at those cows right in my face. <laughs> all I can see is his rack above those trees. I'm like, oh my God. So obviously in my head, I'm like, he's going to follow those cows. That's exactly what he did. All of a sudden, here he comes. My heart is pounding. I'm like, this is it. I'm full draw already. Now keep in mind, he's between my feet. I'm looking straight down. I had to draw between my legs. So imagine that, right? You want to be here, right? You want to be like perpendicular, you know, at a 90 degree angle or whatever. 
I had to shoot like this. So like right between yeah. my legs. So I'm I'm like this and I'm already I'm already quivering because it's already been a couple, you know, like 30, 40 seconds. All of a sudden I see his rack again. I'm like, oh, he's right there. He's about to do it. Now, what I will do, I'll walk this back and tell you what happened on the way to where I was at, you know, before that three-point encounter. So when I left the tent, dude, I'm walking in and uh right at shooting hours, dude, I hear coming down the hill as I'm coming up. I'm like, that's got to be elk. It's either elk or a deer because it was a big animal. I'm like, that ain't no person running. All of a sudden, you know, I, I pull my mask up, and I'm like, this is about to happen. All of a sudden, I see a cow. I'm like, that is elk. They're at like 35 yards. I'm about to shoot something. All of a sudden, the cow comes out. I see a rat coming up. Oh, that's a bull. I'm about to shoot a bull. 35 yards. No. I try to mew at him to stop. The cow looks at me real quick and then hauls ass. Like, she was, I mean, it was quick. Like, it was more the sound of the mew. I did it too loud. It was more the sound of the mew that scared her. I don't think she saw me. I was standing in front of a bunch of stuff. I don't think she saw me, but she de- she did not win me. Anyway, uh, the really raggy bull, so really young bull stopped, was with her. They stopped right behind her, looking right at me. But I'm looking at it. I'm like, ah, that's a small bull. So I'm like, ah, that's a three-point. So I'm looking at his brows, you know, through my peep side. I'm like, is he legal or is he not? I don't know. So I'm like, ah. All of a sudden, he takes off. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's fine, you know, because – I'm not trying to shoot something and walk up to it and it be legal, man. I'm not trying to do that. You know what I mean? So let him go. My point is, going back to where I was at with the other bull encounter when he was about to come out, I was paranoid about mewing to stop him. You know what I mean? Because of what had happened earlier. So he comes out. He's about to come out in the opening. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to mew really softly and stop him. And I'm going to fling an arrow. If he keeps, if I think he's going to keep moving, I'm just going to fling an arrow for him to be walking. Right? I'm going to aim the arrow to hit him as he's walking. So I'm like, all right, here he comes. All of a sudden, I see his nose. I'm like, this is it. Let that arrow go. He stops on the dime, and that arrow goes right from his chest, dude. (laughs) Hey, the worst part is he climbed out of that ditch, stopped up on the hill. You know, he followed followed exactly the tracks of his cows, looked back towards me, bugled in my face that's how i knew i for sure miss because uh he bugled at me from like 80 yards again behind those trees yeah insane hey, so without that first encounter you probably killed that buck because you didn't do it because you that other one the way it reacted so like that's crazy man. absolutely crawl absolutely yeah. i would have approached that completely different because that's the first thing i thought of right because i will never forget that moment when that cow busted out of there when i you I mute at it, and that thing busted out of there. So, you know, as that bull's making its way into that opening, I'm like, ah. All I'm thinking about is how that cow bolted. And I'm like, God, dog. <laughs> so, you know, that thing's headed for that opening, and I just, Meow. and that thing heard it. <laughs> it looked right at me, dude. It was incredible. But, That's yeah, man, crazy. so back to that public-private debate. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, what do you think about that as far as white-tailed deer go? You know what I mean? What do you think about yeah, the public-private public debate? Quick, quick too. It's, it's got to be different for whitetail and in where you're hunting too, but whitetail, elk, and even turkeys. Like I think it's di- I think it's different between the three. But go ahead. What do you mean yeah. by that? What do you mean different? I mean I just, I think it's different. Like like to me I guess to me personally I could like turkey I could care less. Like I ain't trying to shoot a eight year old turkey. You know what I mean? Like hey if yeah. it's a yeah 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 I'm a got a ten inch beard like cool if they got inch and a half inch spurs and stuff, but. You know, it's like I really don't care. Um, elk, I've never done it. I put in for my points, but um, so I, I, I can't really experience it. And that's like a different, like, elk got such a huge range where I, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, you would know more than me, but I don't know. Does an elk 
stay in one area. You know, I mean, like white-tailed deer, like you got a buck, it's going to have a home range that's a lot smaller. So it's a little bit, I would say the three are different, um, but not on like the type of hunting. Does that make sense? So, so yeah, yeah, to your question about the elk, like, you know, they say that elk tend to rut in the same areas. Uh, you know, and I don't know that. I don't have enough experience to know that, uh, right. you know, the answer to that question. But what I will say is, is if you think you're going to pattern an elk, good luck. I'm not saying it doesn't get done, right? I'm not saying people don't. Right. I uh, think it's. You know, care, I, I'm not saying people don't carry a saddle into a water hole and sit that water hole and shoot a, uh, you know, an elk. I'm not saying that. But from my experience, the way I hunt elk, uh, you know, they're here one day, gone the next. You know what I mean? Or maybe they're here for two, three days right. and gone for a week. You know what I mean? Uh, way I, I, different I than, than trying to pattern it right tail. A, a certain animal. I mean, obviously, if you see one and you once you get after it and you scout it, you, you're going to obviously try to target that one. But, you know, I don't, do you like, do you see one in the summer or something? Like, okay, I know I'm going to try to, is that, is that kind of how it is or what? Yeah. So you can go in, uh, I start scout. So literally I hit the, uh, the road August 27th this year, season started September 2nd. So, you know, I went, you know, pretty early to just kind of see what they were doing. Right. You know, I understood that I may not hear any bugles, you know what I mean? So I wasn't going to be doing a whole lot of locate bugling or anything like that. What I wanted to look at was areas of where I thought that there could be a high concentration of elk, you know, that time of year. And in that area is dry, right? You know, late August is dry. So I'm looking at water holes. I want to get inside of water holes so I can watch for those elk, see what time they're coming in. You know, is there, is it habitual or is it, you know, just kind of sporadic when they come to water? But, uh, you know, the reason I went in there was to, to watch those elk, kind of see what they were doing. But, yeah, to, to in your question about can you pattern them, yeah, I think you can. I think that before, uh, you know, before the rut, they're, they're, they're still on that feeding pattern, right? They're kind of sorting things out as far as, you know, How the big is their, go. You know what I mean? The range? They, they hit that water hole. Is that same elk going to be, you know I mean? Are you going to see them a bunch of times that same in that same spot all summer or what? Hey, that's a great question. That's a great question that I don't know the answer to, right? You hope so, right? <laughs> like, you hope that, that those that, are going to be there, be... but you never know. And, and, and here, yeah. and here's the thing. It's like, you might see them there for three nights in a row, right? But then all of a sudden, somebody's got them on camera seven miles away the next day. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Uh, so, it's one of those things. It's feast or famine type of a deal. Like, I'm sorry to butt in there on you, Jeff. No, nah, go ahead. I, no, you're good. But, no, you can go ahead. I mean, <laughs> you can go ahead. The, I the mean, if, if, yeah, if you had to ask me which one's harder or more challenging, I guess. More I mean, challenging. I, yeah, more okay. challenging. Yeah. yeah. And not I not mean, that it matters. It doesn't matter. Right, yeah. And, and y'all yeah. know this, and I'm not talking to y'all, but, like, I just want y'all to understand it. Like, it ain't about it's got to be challenging, you know, to, right. to, to kill or whatever. It, it right. ain't about that. But we're just debating the, the challenging aspect. Yeah. I mean, I, be, I mean, I'm from Michigan, so – there's a lot of public land here that gets hunted really hard. So for example, when rifle season starts on November 15th, um, even all my trail cameras, pictures get cut in half. I mean, the deer just shut right down and it's, it makes it super tough. Um, that's even on private land. So, um, I mean, I think it's all about the variables that you can control and there's a lot less that you can control on public land, which makes it a lot harder. I mean, you might, hike in three miles think you're in the perfect spot and some dudes come ripping by on a four-wheeler and it's like ah, uh, like like that's just something you can't you can't control that and it just blew up your whole hunt and it's like well that's over 
So you don't have to deal with that on private, right? It's like, and if you do deal with that, you can call the law and say, "Hey, somebody's on my piece, right? right Run the four right. wheeler." And, and uh, that's crazy. Debate, what go ahead, man, go ahead. And I don't think it's even a debate on what's more challenging, like public hunt, like no doubt more challenging to hunt because you have so many different factors going into it. I think the, and I don't even think there's really a debate. I think the conversation is there's different type of work. And I would, you know, like we were talking about before we hopped on the, the podcast is more, um, you know, like work in on a public, you know, like, okay, the work you're doing is you're more just, you know, not that I'm, I know we kind of got into the, the argument somewhat of it, but <laughs> it's not that it's, you know, scouting, but it's different. And I, and I was more so getting the point that like scouting, okay, it's work, but I'm, I, you know, it's more so, Hey, like you're out scouting, just, you know, looking for new tracks, looking for new spots. So yeah, it is work, but it's not necessarily like, okay, I have to go put in, you know, different food plots. I gotta go, you know, different stuff like that. So I think that's what I was, you know, kind of getting at in right. that sense. But if you're going to talk, what's, what's more challenging, I mean, a hundred percent, you know, public because, you know, there's just too many factors and variables that you can't control. At least on, right. on private, you have, um, you know, you can control or you maybe know this neighbor does this or this neighbor's always walking around. Okay, so, you know, I can control that. They're going to be pushing deer off or this or that, and I can control where my spot's good or that, you know. So there's different variables that you can control on on public or private versus public. Right. It's. I feel like it's all about what you're going after, too, kind of like you talked on that walk. Right. Like if, if you're on public and you're happy with shooting a spike horn or something and that's what you're jacked up about, I mean, hey, that's more power to you. I mean, it's probably equal opportunity for me to go on public and shoot a spike horn than it is for me to go after the eight point or whatever on private that I'm going after, which I have one on camera right now that I've been hunting over and over and I just I can't make it happen. And it, it's tough like it. And that's on private. So, I mean, it's like, it's just kind of what, what challenge are you looking for? What are you going to be happy shooting? Right. I think that's a good point, Jeff, too, where, you know, like for me, when I hunt, I'm hunting one, if, if I have something to kill, like that I would want to go after. If it's, and, and that's, I mean, shoot, I got a couple of different properties that I hunt here in Wisconsin and I'm, I won't, might not even take a buck off a of property or, or even take a buck, you know, off any of them in a couple of years. I mean, there's one property we haven't shot. Um, we haven't shot a buck off of it in three years. So could we have shot plenty of them? Yeah. But I think, you know, the type of hunting, like you said, it's like, that's a different type of challenge when you're only going to target one deer, you know, maybe you have two deer that make it, but this just doesn't really happen. Like it's hard to get a deer to maturity at five years old. Um, and if you do have one or two, you know, if that would ever happen, it's like you're hunting that one buck and that gets hard because, you know, those old deer are smart. So it's, it's kind of different. Well, that's on, on top of that, it goes back to what you was talking about earlier about your neighbors. It's like, Hey, you might have that mindset, but Hey, if that, if that three and a half year old crosses that fence and, and farmer Johnson sitting mm -hmm. over there in the redneck brine, <laughs> right. with the two forty three, he's going to shoot hey, that buck. To add to that. I remember going hunting with Jared. I think it was my first ever deer hunt in green Bay, Wisconsin. We and we are on this back road highway, and there is a truck every hundred yards. I'm talking for thirty miles. And I'm like, was it gun what? season? It was gun season. It was the weekend. Oh yeah. Season. Was and it I orange army? Like, what the orange army? Going on? Yeah, and <laughs> we get we get to the blonde and everything, and we got a whole other story for that. But I remember hearing <laughs> it like the shots that were going off, 
it sounded like opening day of duck season in Venice, Louisiana. And people mm-hmm. were too like it was the, it was unreal. And that, to add to the dramatics of the public land hunting and like the rifle season and you know getting on those those deer, it was like unbelievable to see that. Well, real quick, Carl. I mean, keep going in. Elaborate more on that first hunt, man. I want to hear more about because listen, Carl is a a veteran whitetail, or excuse me, a, a veteran duck hunter from down in Louisiana. Been shooting ducks for a long time, but he's just getting into this deer hunting thing, man. Tell tell me about yeah, how that so, was because I mean, you just started in in Green Bay, correct? Yeah, that was my first ever deer hunt. We I grew up duck hunting, fishing. You know, did the whole. We don't have huge whitetail deer down here, so like you know, there was never a focus for me. And so when we got to Green Bay. You know, meeting you, Jeff, Jared, uh, getting the dart and bow, shout out to Ted for, you know, hooking us up and, uh, you know, got to start doing some archery and really got into it. And Jared actually, he tried to get me to go on a couple hunts too on the, on those Tuesday mornings, just like you walk. And I finally gave mm-hmm. in. I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and, uh, let me go ahead and do one of these hunts. And, um, to not go into too much detail here, we go out. It's the, it's the wow. first, it's the first, it's the first ever hunt I've been on. Deer hunting. I got my bow. I'm fired up. I got my, my orange on. We drive out. Jared, I don't remember the town. I don't know if you would remember the town. That we hey, had. hold on, real real quick. So this was yeah. this was on a Tuesday off day. All right, rifle season. So what? We're talking about November, early middle of November. No, I I think it was. I think it was just bow season. It was know. bow season. Oh. This was bow season. This was before okay. rifle opened up. Right, okay. different story from the other one. Walk. Yeah. Okay. This is this is the first ever hunt. So like, we drive out and we get to the spot. Jared's like, all right. He's like, look, I'm going to pull it up. He's like, I want you to walk down down this tree line and then take a right, and you'll run right into the block or to the stand, excuse me. This so is like, all right, well, like, how far is it? He's like, I don't know, you know, 200 yards or so. He's like, all right, well, that ain't bad then. He's like, well, hey, before you go, let me show you something. And he pulls up his laptop, which is his trail cam pictures, and he's like, hey, man, I do want to let you know there's about three or four bears that have been circling the stand. <laughs> And he pulls this shit up when I tell you four minutes before I gotta go walk to the stand. So I, I'm I'm down here. We deal with alligators, right? Like we don't deal with bears. And so, dude, I'm like, I'm like, dude, Jared, you're joking with me. He's like, no, no. He's like, I'm being serious. And like, he's like, I swear. This, he's like, dude, just be careful. I'm like, what do you mean, be careful? So, guys, I had some technical difficulty here. Uh, I had a pretty bad echo end up happening here during this part of the story. So I'm going to fill in the blanks a little bit here. So, you know, you could hear Croft talking about Jared showing him the pictures of the bears before he got in the tree. He had them all fired up. It's his first deer hunt. I mean, the nerves are already high. The cross fired up. He don't know if he's going to get eaten by a bear. He don't know. But it's his first deer hunt. We'll pick it up from there. I get out the truck. You know, Jared shows me those bears probably – Four minutes before we get out the vehicle, tells me were they big looking bears to you? Like, did they look big on the camera to you? Let me tell you, any bear. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, like it was one of those things. Like, wait a minute, I'm about to walk where there's bears. Like that that didn't even. If he had told, if he would have told me that, I wouldn't have went. You know, so like it was one of those things that like he he knew not to show me that shit until I got there. So, dude, I start taking. I think. Go ahead, Derek. I think I was, you know, trying to mess with the two a little bit because I knew the bears. Were gonna do <laughs> I already you, but... know you. I already knew you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I already knew you. Uh, oh my so I had Budo just sweating, man. <laughs> so he sends me to this tree stand. I walk, I don't know, two, three hundred yards. Adrenaline's pumping, hearts racing. Finally, get to my stand. First time I've ever been out there. Did I you have a headlamp at least? 
I had a little headlamp on, but he okay. told me not to turn it on because. Oh, how are you not? So I don't have anything on. It's pitch black, right? So, dude, I get to, I finally get to the spot, and I'm 310 pounds, right? NFL lineman, right middle of the season, and I get to the stand, get to the tree stand, and it's a 12 by 12 little bitty plate with a ladder underneath it that he's telling me to climb up in and stand up on. And he's like, hey, man, just climb up there and, you know, go ahead and shoot you a deer. I'm like, I'm looking at this thing. I, I'm I'm debating, is it worth my career to get up here and shoot me a deer? Or do I just stay down at below? So I make a career decision. Had I wanted to climb up, I'd have climbed up it. So I'm, I make a, you know, a career decision. I'm like, you know what? I'll just stand next to the tree. Hopefully the bears don't come eat me alive. I'll be fine. So I got my bow. I'm leaning up against a tree. As still as could be. And, you know, daylight starts to crack and everything. And before you know it, I'm just leaned up against a tree. I ain't expecting to see shit. I'm not in the stand. I start hearing just, I'm like, what the, what is that? And so I look to my left and probably 20 yards away is a four point buck, you know, a, a great little bit higher level than a spike, right? So I'm like, holy shit. Where's this thing's gonna walk? And so it just keeps walking. And so I got Voodoo starts just pumping, man. How, He's hey, how lucky you. was he that the wind was right? How lucky was that, right? First ever deer hunt. First ever deer hunt. I'm leaned up against a tree on the ground. And so I'm like, is this thing gonna it, it's walking at me? So I'm like, is this thing gonna keep coming at me? Dude, it walks straight at me, it hooks a right. It goes right in front of me, fifteen oh. yards. I know my yard because we played the NFL. Like I know what fifteen yards looks like, and it was at fifteen yards. It was so close, I feel like I couldn't even move. And so I watched it walk fifteen yards in front of me <laughs> and keep all walking, dude. So like, I remember thinking to myself, "This this deer hunt stuff is easy. Like I'll stop there. Oh. I'll wait for another one to come by, right?" So it was one of those, it was one of those things that I ended up telling you know Walt and Jared and Jeff and everybody at the facility the the situation that happened <laughs> and if I could go back to this day I would shoot that deer because I haven't shot a buck to this day and that could have been a, a first buck experience. That would have been a fine first buck. Put him on a deer, and I made I just I just kept telling him but he was too too nervous to shoot. <laughs> hey, do you do you guys have any bear experience like bear hunts? Uh, no. I don't have any bear hunts, but I got some bear experiences. Uh, yeah. the most yeah. recent one was actually in, in Turkey season, man. It was this year towards the end of Turkey season. So I was actually, uh, so where I live, there's a ton of public land. I mean, a couple hundred thousand acres down here. And, uh, you know, I, I've been wanting to kill one down where I live for the longest time. Cause I live in an OTC area. Uh, but it's just, you know, super pounded public land. You know, it's tough. Them birds are real finicky. They get on private first thing in the morning. Anyway, uh, so I was going into this spot in the evening, and I'd never been there before. I just saw it on Onyx. I scouted it. There was a creek there. Went in there. So I walk in there, and I remember the Shout last. Out yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got to have it. But uh, so I go to walk down the hill. I'm like 500 yards away from where I want to sit. And I'm like, I'm looking around, seeing all these boulders. I'm like, this looks catty as hell. And I walk a little farther. I'm like, there could be a damn bear in these caves, too. And I'm all freaked out. I'm like, man, I'm going to get 
lion attacked or something on the way to this this bear uh this turkey hunt. Because I mean, I've never I, I've been in you know every corner of the state for the most part, but uh you know I've never really seen terrain like that. It just screamed mountain lion. I'm like God, dog man. So I'm by myself walking in there, get to my spot. I end up running into a gobble, chase the turkey on the private land. Anyway, on the way back through, it's evening. I cross the creek. I go to walk back up there. I'm like, man, this, you know, this is that spot. Sure enough, I look in a cave, you know, and I kind of focus my eyes. I'm like, oh, I hope that ain't what I think it is. I focus my eyes. I'm like, oh, yep, sure enough. <laughs> it starts, clop, you know, clapping its jaws at me. And the way that, so literally I was, I was walking directly at the opening of the cave it was in. So to get out and run, it had to run towards me till it got out of the cave, right? And then it had to make a turn. So. It comes running right at me, and I, I'm holding a uh, a gobbler decoy. I dropped the de- gobbler decoy, and I'm just holding the uh, you know the shotgun up, and I'm like, "Fuck you, bear! Fuck you!" Just say it over and over. And that thing finally crawled up in a tree, and uh, it was. I got a video of it. I had to send it to y'all. It climbed up in a tree, and it just you know it kept popping his gums at me, and I'm thinking, "God, dog, that could have been bad. Like that that could have been bad." It had a tag in here, and apparently in Colorado, there, there's like a system where. It's a two strike you're out type deal. Like they catch a problem bear, they put a tag in his ear. They catch it again, they put another tag in his ear. They catch it again, you know, it's over with for that bear. That bear already had a tag in his ear. So, you know, it was a problem. It was a problem. It was a problem bear. Um, I think. Anyway, you know, I don't know everything, but that's what I've been told. So, anyway, uh, the, the worst part about it is he climbs out of the tree and he's walking away the exact direction I've got to go. <laughs> to get out of there to avoid so it, it's he's on like a private land boundary right so i'm like to stay legal here stay off of this these people's land i have got to go this way and that bear's going that way dude we talked to each other for like 300 yards up this hill going around rocks and stuff i'm like hey remember i know you're there i see you i see you there we're just walking just side by side i can see, and it was it was kind of intimidating man because just how like comfortable he was walking over there with me uh it was kind of crazy but i just kept talking to him and we walked to the top of the hill and when he got to the top of the hill he went his way i went mine but yeah i walked with him for a couple hundred yards man it was crazy oh it was it was eerie that was my black bear story yeah i actually had two unfilled black bear tags this year one private land tag for my house one public land tag for another area that i was hunting you know other species of big game neither one of them got filled uh but yeah, that was my uh, my one run in with a black bear on public. I, they come to the house all the time. Like if we leave a trash bag outside and it's on us, I understand that. But if we leave a trash bag outside and it's like the summertime when they're active, there will be a bear there either that night or you know soon. Mm-hmm. They're very thick here. Yeah. yeah. I went on one bear hunt in Canada to a quote unquote outfitter, and uh, turned out it was just this old guy who takes people hunting and on his land and. He stuck me in a bush. Like, I'm cool being in a tree stand because I feel like I can at least protect myself a little bit. Put you in a bush. He's like, hey, you're just going to go sit right there, eh? And you're, uh, <laughs> I, got this black, I got this black bear that's been coming in here. He's about 600 pounder. I'm like, <laughs> a 600 pound black bear? That's I'm gonna be a sitting giant. 15 yards away from a pile of bait. I'm like, if I see this thing, I'm going to shit my pants. That's a job. Uh, bro, that, uh, yeah. Needless to say, I never saw a, uh, a bear, but it was poorly planned. I only got to hunt like two days, and then I had to come back for OTAs. To add to that, the, the outfitter thing, that makes me nervous. I've been on a lot of outfitter, like a good amount of outfitter hunts, and it's, I'm always like, man, we're just about to 
wear the birds out or we're just going to shoot massive deer. Like more times than not, it's still hunting, right? So, oh, 100%. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I've been to quite a few of them now and they're all, it's just public land. That's, or, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just private land. That's, it's really no yeah. different than anybody else's private land. They just manage it the way they want to manage it. And that's, that's basically it. There are no guarantees unless there's a high fence. I mean, even that's still not even a guarantee, but um, pretty much every outfitter I've been to, it's similar to any other place I've ever hunted. So, and to y'all's point about, you know, the arguing about the private, I mean, my good buddy, Brandon Linder, uh, you know, I go down there pretty much every off season and, uh, I was down there deer hunting and he kept sending me pictures of this nice, mature, you know, Florida eight point, you know, and I'm like, I want that deer. And so I'm down there hunting him, hunting him, hunting him every single night. I'm seeing bucks, 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 bucks every single night. And it's hard to pass them. Now it's tough for me to judge those Florida deer cause they are tiny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's weird. Uh, but anyway, you know, I kept seeing bucks and I'm like, man, I want that that one buck i know he's mature you know it's private land he's gonna come out well i hunted like five six straight mornings and nights never got that buck mm-hmm. never got that buck and that's private land big old <clears> tract <throat> of beautiful north florida i mean yeah. the most beautiful place one of the most beautiful places i've ever seen and i never got that buck i mean i just got back from my week-long hunt in wisconsin at that same outfitter i go to every year and i didn't didn't shoot anything i mean i don't even think i i didn't have a shootable buck in range i mean it's partly due to the time of me being there but still i mean it i've been there every year since like 2014 or 2015 and i've only shot three deer and part of it is every time you go back you know you kind of you don't want to just shoot any old buck i mean there's they have a list of deer that they have on camera that they don't want shot and as you shoot bigger deer, you kind of like, well, I'll pass that one up if you do see one. But um, yeah, definitely nothing's guaranteed. So you went, uh, you hunted Kansas already this year, right? Yep. Yep. How was that? It was good. I mean, our Kansas spot we go to is pretty much, I don't want to say do it yourself. I mean, it's a somewhat of a lease, but being that we're 14 hours away, I mean, it's not something that we can just go do whatever we want to whenever we want. Um, we've got some feeders up out there, um, but Kansas hunting is way different than up here in Michigan and Wisconsin. I mean, it's, it's so tough. I mean, there's these little valleys of woods and tons of pasture and wide open field. I mean, it it's taken a few years now for me to kind of figure out how to hunt it. Uh, the first couple of years was just like, I, I don't know, you just have to hunt to figure it out basically. Um, and that's but, hunting too, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. And that's and anytime you're on a new property, whether it's a different state or whatever, it's like it takes a lot of work to just go out and sit mm-hmm. and figure it out. Yeah, I mean, up here, I, and there's just woods everywhere, and you think that well, the deer are just they're in the woods all the time. Well, you go out to Kansas, and these giant 200 plus inch deer are just walking around in the middle of an open field. It's like, wait, well. How do you hunt that deer in the middle of an open field with a bow? It's like, yeah, it, uh, you got to like, find the one tree <laughs> yeah. on that piece that they walk by. Basically, <laughs> they get within five hundred yeah. yards of it. Yeah, yeah, it's and that. Tough. So, would you say that's the biggest difference between you know hunting out a little farther west in that Kansas area to to hunting back at home in Michigan? Yeah, and the the deer numbers um, are way. I mean, you'll go out and hunt here in Michigan, and you can see 12, 15, 20 deer in a sit. 
I mean, you go out to Kansas, there's days, I went three days without even seeing a deer. It's like, but you know that when you do see a deer, there's a high probability that it's going to be a buck. And if it's going to be a buck, it's probably going to be something pretty big. So, right. I, but that's, I think that's, you know, that's even in different areas too, though, because there's other areas that you'll see more. And just like any part of, you know, even Wisconsin, there's some, you know, up north, there's not as many deer as down south and whatnot. So, yeah. Because Kansas does have, you know, more deer population. I think it just depends. I think where you hunt, Jeff, like you said, it's a lot of different habitat where there are some areas in Kansas mm-hmm. that does have different habitat that can probably have a little bit more, um, you know, deer numbers. Right. And there's just, there's just less places for them to hide out there. So, I mean. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking is, because uh, I, I make that drive quite a bit every time I go east on I-70. Uh, I drive, you know, completely through the middle of Kansas. And, you know, especially when you start getting towards the middle and western part of the state, it's wide open. And, you know, mm-hmm. you would think that that type of country would lend itself to having those deer be pretty concentrated in those creek bottoms and, you know, mm-hmm. places where they feel safe and feel like they can kind of get out of sight. Uh, I've never hunted it. I want to get out there. Uh, did y'all drawing your first year of applying there or did y'all build points or what as far as kansas went yeah so pretty much for our first three years we drew like no problem last year they had um i was reading online they had thirty thousand more applicants kansas out-of-state re- like non-resident tags than previous year so i actually didn't draw last year so now because people know that it's starting to i mean They've known that Kansas is known for big deer, but it was pretty much you put in for your tag, you get your tag, and I think word kind of got around, and now it's not so much. <laughs> man, I, I think it's a uh, – man, I think COVID has something to do with that, man. I think a Oh, lot probably, of, yeah. I think a lot of hunters came, you know, started hunting in COVID, and, you know, as you all know, mm-hmm. it doesn't take – you take somebody hunting, they don't have to – kill anything to all of a sudden become a hunter right all of a sudden Mm -hmm. they have a cool experience out there and all of a sudden they want to hunt right well that's another tag well there's tag here blah 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 uh because i was looking i remember looking whenever i bought my nebraska turkey tags last year it was the same very close to the same stats it was like thirty-three thousand more people you know last year that bought those tags than the year before uh and it just kept increasing increasing um and that's i don't know i think COVID. you know like it obviously makes it harder, but that, I mean, it is good that more people are getting into the, the sport. I mean, but it just, it just becomes more important for people to have um, the conversation or the conservation type mindset. If the DNR, you know, isn't going to help in that sense. Cause I mean, we, mm-hmm. that's what we want. We want people to get into the sport, but um, we also want to make sure that we're all able to have, you know, the experience that we want to have down the road too. Uh, I agree with that. But I, you know, like I said, I do think that, and I don't, you know, I'm not a biologist, so I don't have much to contribute from the standpoint of information here. But I feel like there is a number that you reach as far as hunter number where it's like, man, that's a lot. You know what I mean? How many you got to really you got to really look at your herd numbers, you know, and and, and find out if, if the habitat can sustain that. It's got to quit being, you know, a money thing. It's got to be can the, the elk or the, the deer, whatever it is, sustain this amount of pressure. Well, that's, that's why where, I, uh, that's why I live in Michigan because nobody coming here non-resident to shoot deer. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling Jared to come on up, man. I'm like, come yeah. on over. 
on. Y'all do have one of the longest turkey seasons in the country, though. Y'all's turkey season. Matter of fact, it's only a small zone. I think it's in the UP. But anyway, it goes to like June something. It's oh, you see, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So are you saying no. like the – go ahead. Go ahead, Jared. Yeah, but, but back to – I mean, and obviously it's uh, – you know, as a, as a big buck hunter, it's like you don't want you know, it's it's not like you want more people in there because you don't want more buck shot, but it's like obviously like I bring people in like you know got Bruno into it, um, not that I taking credit or whatever, but it's like yeah, I want people to have the good experience yeah. like my good buddies and my my kids. I mean, I got four kids. It's like I want them to have experience. It's like honestly, I probably just won't shoot a deer once my kids start shooting deer because it's it's like I just know my property won't be able to handle that, you know, and and could our property handle it? probably but then my neighbors aren't going to have any success and i understand, I understand that, that you know if if i want to be able to do what i want to do and shoot big deer i have to understand that my neighbors gotta they have to be able to shoot something too it's just not me you know what i mean and that's where like the greed i feel like amongst a lot of people comes into play where you know people just you know feel like they're entitled and they have to shoot their deer and you know they would rather if there's 10 bucks on a you know in an area they want all 10 of them. They don't want the neighbors to shoot any of this and that. And that's not what it is. I mean, I want, I, you know, I want my neighbors to have success because if they're having success, you know, they're more likely to start doing, you know, some better management too. But that's where I, like, you know, you want more people into it, into it because it is a great, great sport. And like we talked about before, you know, just even in like football, it's, it's a release. It's, it's something that you can get outside, um, you know, kind of clear your head, um, you know, there's that, there's that challenge, challenge part of it too, where you're challenged and trying to figure out, okay, what is this deer doing? Where do I got to sit? You know, there's so much that goes into it more than just the shot um, and the kill. Um, but you really need people to take ownership themselves on, like you said, walk, like, you know, what is your deer herd like? Because yours in Michigan is going to be different than, you know, mine here and even mine in Wisconsin is going to be different than a different property. And, you know, that I have somewhere here in Wisconsin too. So it's like, how is, not everything's the same. And that's where I feel like the DNR, you know, I feel like they could do a better job with management. They might have to look at that. Um, you know, how do you help people manage? And, and that's where education comes in key. We're trying to, you know, talk to neighbors, talk to people, help educate people and say, Hey, like, you know, this is what we're seeing. This is what we got. Maybe we need to take a few more does. Hey, there's not that many big duck. Maybe we don't shoot bucks for a year, but you know, there's a bunch of different things that you'd have to get into. Um, it's, but it's really about people, not being so greedy, um, I call it greed, but um, and just having some sort of conservation in them. Because yeah, clearly uh, the DNR sometimes. I know you you're probably frustrated with your Wisconsin DNR, but same thing here in Michigan. It's like if the DNR aren't going to do anything, it's like we got to do something right. as hunters to to help what's going on here. Because I mean, buck to doe ratio here, if I had to guess, was probably like. I don't know, 12 does to one buck. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's mm. terrible. And people wonder why that there's no big bucks around and everybody gets right. two buck tags. It's like, it's, it's frustrating. So you try to get everybody that you know and everybody that they know to all kind of, you know, be on the same page. But at the end of the day, when hunting season starts, you got a rifle in your hand and there's a buck. It's like everybody, Oh, I just, That's oh, I had fact. to do it. Oh, I had to do it. <laughs> oh, I got two right. buck tags anyway, so I'll use my other buck tag to, to hunt the big right. one. It's like, ah, oh, man. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, what I mean, what what do you think they could do to, uh, to improve that number, that ratio? I mean, in my opinion, I think Michigan should go to start with earn a buck, so shoot a doe before you can shoot a buck. Mm. And then... 
and then eliminate the two buck tags, you just get one but buck tag. How would that help you guys though, Jeff? Because you you know you don't have the deer. I mean, you don't really have the deer numbers, do you? Oh, we yeah, we do for sure. You guys there's have a, a lot of. Deer? Oh yeah, there's a lot okay. of deer here. So that's what that's what I'm saying. You're like people. Yeah, like when I go sit, I literally will see at least a dozen deer. I mean, it's nothing to see a dozen deer. So, oh. okay. I mean, and as you know, if a if a mature buck doesn't have to go but a hundred yards around because he's got the pick of however many does he wants, I mean. That's how you're going to see big bucks is they're traveling to find does. I mean, that's just so, kind of. So you would say earn a buck for Michigan and mm-hmm. one buck a year? Yes. Whether you shoot at gun or bow, who cares? Yep. You get one buck tag because that's, yeah. it goes back to what I just said. Everybody, not everybody, yep. but that's the mentality. People, the first buck they see, they shoot, and then they start hunting for the big one because you're get rid of tag, get rid of that group hunting too. Yeah, yeah. Second, second, by group hunting, are you yeah. talking about? What do you mean by so group, group hunting? hunting? Group hunting, you can. I, I mean, I, I think this is in Wisconsin. I'm guessing it's Michigan too. I don't know, but if if you're hunting in a group, like, and I don't even know if this is still a thing. I don't do it, but I just that's the mentality that everybody uses. So I still think it goes on. But you know, basically, if you shot a, say you shot a buck and you tagged it, well, if you shot another one, like you could take my tag and tag it. Oh yeah, that's illegal, but uh, people do it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I mean, that, that used to be. I think they like that. Honestly, I don't know if that's still. No, I think it used to be a thing. I don't know if it's still a thing or not in Wisconsin or not. I, but people do it regardless. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like, but that's the same thing in Michigan where they can shoot two bucks. Well, okay, I'll just shoot this one because whatever. I'll wait for the big one then with my second buck take, and then they'll end up shooting just whatever at that point. Right. But... And then, like for example, <laughs> if I were to tag out with one buck tag, like. Well, I can still hunt because my mom has a tag, or right. what, like technically uh, you're not. And that's where it comes do that, down to. But... That's where it comes down to education and people. But at least there'd be some people that would stick to the rules if the DNR would help right. out. You know? Right. But there's and still actually, people that. This yeah. year, um, Michigan implemented. Um, you actually have to turn in your kill. So, like every other state I've hunted, you have to once you shoot something, you have to turn it in. You have to register it. Um, Michigan has always been voluntary, so obviously nobody's going to turn yeah. that in. Um, so how do you know how many deer actually get shot? Right. But Which I do agree with, um, but the one thing that they added this year is they want you to turn it in and then drop a pin on the map, like GPS pin drop, where you shot it. Now it's kind of like, okay. Really? Well, yeah, it's like, where do we draw the line of like, all right. right, that's a little bit too much information that you right. don't need to know. See, you know what, you know what I mean? That's wow. why I think like you just have to have some rules in place to get people to start thinking. But then, you know, at least it gives people that are going to stick by the rules at least, you know, right. think about it. There's going to be the people that do bad stuff and poach and do all that crap anyways, and they're never going to listen to the rules. So right. you're going to have those certain people. You, you got to have something in place that helps the majority of the deer right. uh, at least manage. And then, yep. and then it comes down to just education and people learning. I mean, you look at what, you know, times have changed. I mean, back in the, back in the day and hunting's changed. It used to be a lot, honestly, this used to be a lot more fun. I mean, the type mm-hmm. of hunting that we do now, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's super fun. I mean, when you're going after a super mature buck, that's giant, you know, but you're not like sharing that experience with 20 people like they used to back in the day, right. but they weren't shooting many big bucks back in the day either. So, right. um, you know, but you look at the, how it's changed. I mean, even in our, you know, last, in the last 20 years, I mean, there's been a lot more 
larger deer taken. And so that's starting to shift, but it's just, you know, it's not all the way there yet. Do you think, do you think social media has played a part in Mm -hmm. all of that? I would, I don't know. I mean, I would, I would say so. The internet, I would say, I don't know, you know, social media, I mean, I guess that people post. I mean, yeah. I mean, I follow a lot of hunting, obviously pages and it blows my mind how many giant deer get shot and you go through the comments and just the people that are like, Oh, you should have done this. Oh, you should have gave him another right. year. Oh, you should. It's like, yep. It's He's like, only five. Yeah. He's only five. You shot him. He's only five. Right. Hey, what? It's like he could have gave that deer two more years. Yeah. Right. Like, oh my god. It, yeah, you got to stay out of the comment section because that gets frustrating. Right. Or you get those people that are archery purists, and listen, I'm all about. Yeah, I understand the thrill of archery, but you get those archery purists. They see a giant buck. And they're like, man, that's a giant buck. And they learn it's shot by a rifle. And like, oh, that doesn't count. He shot by a rifle. And it's like, I mean, dude, are you kidding me? That is a <laughs> mature buck deer. Here you yeah, are. But I'm, I'm just do the part because he hunted rifle comes, season. And that's where it's like hard because everybody has their own ideas. Like the deer I shot this year, he was he was a giant. And I think he was yeah, a he was stud. And we actually send um, – I'll take all the front two bottom teeth out, and we send them to a lab. And is we it, get is it the lab over, uh, is it Matson's lab? Yeah. Yep. So we get them yeah. cementum aging and, and it's honest, we, we've done it the last couple of years and we'll get as many sets of teeth from people as we can, um, neighbors, friends, and I'll send them in and then we just get the ages and it's crazy how many big deer come back at three. You know I mean? There's last year, there was 169 inch deer that was three. Um, you know, and there's both, there's, there's like that all the time, like those big deer that people, oh, it's a five, you know, five year old, four year old, but yeah. um, I, it's, you know, the, the, the amount of time that we put in to trying to age and do this and that, but I don't even know where I was going. So I got kind of lost, but um, back to like the, the shoot with a gun. So my deer, I think he was four. Okay. That's where we're going. Um, so I, I wanted to shoot him in the both seasons because Mike, if he, he, he was 185 inch deer, um, early in the season. And I'm like, if I get a chance to him at the bow, I'll take him early season. In the gun season, it was really, hey, if he was going towards, you know, one neighbor that I knew would shoot him, you know, I, I got to shoot because it's, you know, it's, it's a giant deer. But I really wanted to get him to five. And so when you say, like, I, I really didn't even have the satisfaction of shooting him with the gun because it's the challenge. Like, to me, it's the challenge of the chess match. It's the, hey, once you pull the trigger, like, it's done. Um, that, that whole story is done with that deer. And I, I would have loved to shoot him with the with the bow. I mean, this I could see the satisfaction over bow versus gun. Um, but I, that's where I could, I could see that. But it just comes down to what people want to do. Like, are you just trying to get a deer, or is it more like, hey, I really want to try to get with the bow? Because I know people in Wisconsin that they'll bow hunt during gun season, which is crazy. That's what I'm doing do right now. To, uh, <laughs> do you have to wear arms during that? Yeah. yeah. What are y'all's theories on? Uh, you think they can see that or what? What do y'all think? I don't, I don't think know. so. Yeah. Who knows? They can. That's, I, don't know. I mean, you look at all the dudes way before us that were hunting in red flannel, in, and it's like in, in flannel. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't. I think the the camo industry is it cool? Yeah. Do I like Sitka gear? Yeah. But does it really? It probably just makes you feel a little oh, bit. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I think yeah, that's. I think, I think all, that's the part of it. I think that's it's all for us it. more than it is. Kind of like with football, you look good, you play good, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, but back to that uh 
Um, like Jeff kind of said what he would, he would do in Michigan. And I've been a big, just talking to a ton of people this year about this, because I think if our DNR in Wisconsin, I mean, I wish they would just take some advice and this is to give everybody a fair chance at how they, however they want to hunt, whether you just want to shoot, you know, a, a little buck or does or whatever the case may be. I don't really care, but it gives everybody a fair play. I feel like, especially with the amount of hunters that we have and the small parcels that we have. I mean, we shoot, we got, you know, 20 acres, 10 acre parcels, five acre parcels. I got a three acre parcel that's, you know, hunting two people. It's like, it's like, you know, neighbors, it's just, you know, shooting everything. It's like, well, what are you supposed to do when everybody gets two tags? I'm, same thing. I wish you do one buck, whether you shoot with a gun or bow, I don't care. Um, the second thing I would do is get rid of cell cameras. If, if you don't use them. If you don't use them. That's interesting. If you yeah, don't use that's, them, that's a hot take. All right, go ahead. So, I mean, I use them. They're, they're um, you know, they're obviously huge um, in, in, the, in the game to be able to, you know, get on a mature deer, not have scent in the woods. I love them. But if you want to try to grow big deer, it's impossible. I mean, how many deer have you seen? You know, your buddies have shot because, oh, yeah, my cell camera it came in the last two days, and so I took off work, went and killed it. So more for, like, the fair chance for some big deer to make it through, get rid of cell cameras. I, I'd still be a component a component for having normal cameras um, just so that you know what's in the woods and you can, you know, have an idea of what you want to shoot, what you want to pass. Because it's hard on the hoof to be able to say, oh, do I pass this or shoot this one? Um, so get rid of cell cameras. And then the third thing I would do um, – would be give crossbow its own season. So I don't give them the best. Season. I don't care. Give them the first two, three weeks of the season. Give them the rut. I don't okay. really care. Or late season or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, and so that you're I would love keep that. it separate from the archery season. Yeah, give it its own season. Well, yep. well, let them have during the archery season. Let them have. Hey, you can only shoot. You know, and that's if you have your disability or older or, or maybe younger, whatever the case may be. But if you're able to pull a bow back. You, right, like doctor's note or something. A, you can only use a crossbow mm -hmm. this time of the year. I, you know what I mean? Because it's basically gun season year round, and there's 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 a lot more bucks getting killed um, with crossbows now. You know nowadays, just because of the easiness of it. So and wounded, and, and, right? And, and that's the thing. Like I don't. And like I think that what I would try to do is I'm not trying to make it so, you know, crossbow hunters have late season. They don't have a chance. Like great. Give them a great chance. Give everybody a fair play, but give the, you know, the mature buck hunters or people that want to do things every certain way, give everybody a fair chance. And I think that would, that would help that. And then give, you know, as many doe tags as you can, like those need to be shot. A lot of people won't shoot them. Um, you know, we got the T-zone coming up here this week. I'm going to go out and back a few does and try to help out the, the population. And, um, but, you know, I would be, you know, for earn a buck, but I don't, you know, as long as people are doing it, I think that just comes down to your, you know, your neighbors understanding what your herd is like and talking and making sure that you guys are doing your job on that sense. So those three things I think would at least help. It's not going to change everything, but it would help and give everybody a fair chance to do what they want to do. I love the earn like a buck it. thing. That is a, that's a cool deal. I've never thought anywhere, you know, I've never thought anything like, like that's, that's legit. That's so they had that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, oh, really? I actually, that uh, oh. outfitter I was just at, I talked to an older gentleman um, about it, and he's he was telling me about the years that they had earned a buck in Buffalo County, and man, he was just going off about how it was just the most amazing 
Like yeah. during the rut, it was just the greatest hunting he's some of ever the, seen. Some of the biggest bucks were grown at that time. Now you weren't seeing as many deer, mm-hmm. and that's what people got mad at. Now right. was it yep. because people couldn't shoot a buck? That might have been, you know, that might have been it. But right. I think a lot of it is too, is you don't have as many does. These bucks can't breed all year long. They don't get time to go eat before winter. And yep. then their rack's going to suffer the next year. So if you don't mm. have as many does, they breed them all. They're done. Now they have time to go eat, get the nutrition, and before the harsh sure. winter, and then it gives them nutrition the next year. So there's a lot of different things that go into it. I think it's a little bit of both. Like there just weren't as many yeah. being shot because people didn't have their, you know, dough done. Yep. But, yep. So I think that's where it's like, okay, what's right? I think there's, you know, it, it would be, I would be all for it. But I think it comes down to just at least giving everybody a fair chance. But I, you, you kind of scoffed at the cell camera. I'd like to hear what's your thoughts. Who are you asking? No, I'm not scoffing it, but like, you're like, ooh, like when I said cell camera. So like, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think I sent, did I send you that link when uh, I saw that? I think it was Nevada Arizona? or Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. Arizona. Yep. That, I Arizona. think they banned them in Arizona. Arizona yeah. banned them, yep. Yeah, yeah. my, my, my first gut reaction was like, damn, like that's that's some BS. That sucks because I love cameras. Like really? I love trying cameras, different bra- – like I just love trail cameras. I almost love looking at pictures more than I do – actually yep. hunting because it's almost like you are hunting but you're just not there but then i kind of talked to you about it a little bit and i'm like man yeah that's that is so true like i wouldn't probably even be hunting the deer that i'm hunting right now when i'm hunting it because i just know when he's coming in there that like it, that would deer would probably still be alive for the next year or two you never know i mean right. he could be a giant so right. that, that's a, that's a great point our technology now, I mean, you look at, I don't know if you guys fish much, but I don't really fish a lot, but if you guys do, um, I mean, I just hopped on a boat with a guy the other day and dude, like the, the stuff they have for the, you know, even fishing, like open water, they got that sonar that just, you know, goes hundred yards out and you can see fish swimming there. Oh, there's a school. Let's get out. You know what I mean? Like they can, yeah, tell, that's what nuts. Type of fish, they can tell what type of fish it is on the sonar that they're looking at. Hey, like, real quick. Hey, hold your thought right there. But my buddy has that technology on his boat. It's so strong. You can hear every time that it sends that signal down. Like you hear and like that's that signal headed towards the bottom. Like it is strong. Go ahead. Is it, is it, is it like banned or something in Florida because it like bad for dolphins or I don't, something i don't think so but I, I don't quote me on that okay i that's just i yeah, i thought i heard that somewhere but it's 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 like you know the days of if and that's what i'm saying like the days of catching a giant fish you know over if this stuff continues days of shooting a giant buck and that's if you have everybody in your neighborhood doing it over you know what i mean so it's like at least yeah. it gives you a chance if you have neighbors that don't want to be on board. Okay, at least they're not going to shoot twenty-two bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, like at I least am. they're going to shoot maybe yeah. eleven. Um, you know, cell cameras. Maybe they're not going to go sit on you know that day that that bucks came in the first two days. Like I said, I'm for cameras because if you can't, you know, sit there in a picture and look at a deer and really try to judge and say, okay, is this deer three or four or two or five or is this a shooter or not? Like you need to have that. But the cell mm-hmm. camera just. The same as the the fishing, like it, to, to the, like the, the the trophy hunting and fishing. Those days will be over if we don't do something to combat that. And are they nice? Or do I would I use them? Yeah, I'm gonna use them. You'd be stupid not to. But but if we want to have you know a chance to have you know good things in the future, 
you got to give you know these animals a chance. I mean, they're animals. It's not like they're humans. You know, what I mean, they have no chance. Right. Yeah. It's like how many times do you go in the woods and you sit on your phone for the first hour and a half because you're like, well, I know they don't come in until you know right. whatever time. It's like if you don't know, like when I was growing up, I didn't use cameras. When I first started bow hunting, whatever. As I got soon, the, when you I were growing up, as soon as you could see, you're you're yeah. fired up because you I'm never know. Stand. I'm just like, yeah. okay, where are they going to come from? What, when, where, what? And you're just like, no cell phone, you know, just like, okay, I got nothing to do but look for deer. And now I sit there and, you know, I'm on freaking Instagram and Twitter. Right. And it's like, well, uh, yeah, they're usually in right around now. So I'll put my phone away and I'll start looking. So it's like, I, yeah, I totally get it. Uh, going back to, uh, you know, the Onyx and what all has changed, everything. Dude, that's, think about you know, before on X, I don't know if y'all remember this, but I remember looking at paper maps, you know, and and looking yeah. at public land, so on and so forth. And like to me, you know, the the satellite mapping is the that's the biggest breakthrough of I think any oh, yeah. hunting technology in the last however many years you want to say, uh, you know, yeah. because and if you want to talk about Western hunting, it's like now guys have that confidence. It's like okay, well, if I go through this hill hike and cross this ridge. There's great looking elk habitat on the other side. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be worth this walk. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right, I can get back there. Well, I'm gonna download the map and also be able to know exactly where I'm at, have the confidence to walk around wherever I want to walk, because I can get back out. Like to me, that on X man uh, and and other satellite, uh, you know, mapping applications ha- has just changed the game and it makes it a lot easier to go out and uh, you know, especially from the DIY standpoint even from the private land standpoint you know seeing the borders right your boundaries with, with other people you know uh i yeah. think that it's well, that and seeing ridges point. being able to scout being able to prep being able to say hey this is maybe where i want to you know create bet- betting on like private land or on public hey this is a good pinch point i'm gonna hop in here this is a big property owner i'm gonna tuck next to that you know there's so many different things that yeah that's it's huge onyx is awesome yeah, I just yeah. saw a video for, I think it's called Spartan Forge. It's basically another version of Onyx where it's three-dimensional. So you can see, I mean, ridges, hill. I mean, it's, yeah. you basically can just scout wherever from your phone. It's like, that is just oh. nuts. But that's kind of another thing, too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Boone. Yeah, go ahead. That's another thing, like, dude, there is not a piece of property that is left alone nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. back in... Yeah. Back in like high school, you know, however long ago that was, um, you know, there'd be properties that just weren't hunted, you know, and there'd be sanctuaries. And but now it's like everything gets freaking like that. Somebody on it, you know, it's like. And, 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 and to your point, like you can't, you can't tell me those deer aren't being affected by that. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's literally no safe haven. You know what I mean? They're getting whacked at. Oh, here's a here's a little public uh, public land story, real quick. So me and my buddy found this spot. It's this little two-track, had trees over it, everything. We went back there, chainsaws, cleared the whole thing, started putting um, tree stands up, whatnot. And probably, I think it was two days before Michigan gunned. We were the only ones back there that we knew of. We'd never seen any other people back there. Two days before Michigan gun season starts, I'm sitting in my tree, and I just hear clink, 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 clink. Here comes this dude just walking by me and I, I said something to him. I said, Hey, he looks up, he goes, Oh, Hey, how's the hunting around here? 
thinking, <laughs> we can't do this right now, man. Yeah, I'm like, well, it sucks now. Like, it's just a perfect example of like public. That's public land hunting because we opened up that trail, gave people access. Someone drove by, looked down, like, hey, we could probably go down there. It's like, dang, like, and I was seeing all kinds of deer bows. He's and I'm like, this is great. Like, we can't tell anybody about this spot. Next thing you know, actually, that same dude actually ended up putting a camper probably a hundred yards away from my stand generator Ooh. going. I'm like, wow. Oh, but I, that's, got, that, oh yeah 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 that's yeah. that's public land for you right there <laughs> yeah stuff like that just it, yeah stuff like that's tough uh <laughs> you know have y'all had any uh run-ins with like people and had any arguments on public or private with people i did uh two years ago <laughs> what happened? i actually like you guys probably get a good feel for me like i'm not a very argumentative person i'm not confrontational like I feel like I'm a pretty easygoing dude. I got really pissed at this dude, and I came unglued in front of my father-in-law, and he I think he even he was, like, a little shocked. I mean, we are – my spot for rifle is probably, I don't know, close to a mile away from public, like, t- to the wire. This dude was 50 yards off my food plot. I'm hearing him talk, and I'm going – and it's right at last light. I'm going, what in the heck? Who in the I'm like, in our group chat, I'm like, nobody's saying, hey, I'm walking here. Like, nothing. I hear this dude talking on a cell phone. What is going on? I walk to the end of my food plot. I'm like, all right, this is definitely nobody that I know. So I walk back to camp. And by that time, he had already wor- worked his way that way. And he was sitting on the front porch talking to my father-in-law. And as soon as I knew that he was not supposed to be there, bro, I, I came unglued and I freaking kicked him out of there, sent him packing. Oh, dude, I was so mad. <laughs> Opening day well, What was his excuse? What did he, he have said, to say? He said he was blood trailing a doe, he says. Oh, yeah, blood I shot a doe, a doe and I was blood trailing. I'm like, dude, you – there's like, – like we were just talking about – Today's technology, there's no excuse for not knowing right. when you're on private land. Like, come on, dude. Oh, dude, I was I was so mad. What, what are your thoughts on, on people running dogs, like when they're tracing a deer? Do you think they run know, with the deer? I don't know what the laws are for that in Michigan. I don't you can't, even know. You can't, you can't have, in Wisconsin, you can't have um, like a bow or like a, you know, a firearm with you when you do it. Okay. <clears throat> but I shot a buck last year and um, hit him a little high. He ended up dying in the middle of the field. Um, probably could have found him, but I didn't want to – like when you, if you get a dog after him, you kind of want to back out. You don't want to wreck the scent. So I kind of just stopped. I'm like, I don't want to push it. There wasn't a ton of blood. Knew it was a lethal shot. But um, so I got the dog the next day, and dog found him right in the middle of the field, like I said. But, but it's, it's helpful. There's another thing that they do. It's called, uh, I don't know if you've probably seen this, Jeff, if you're looking at a lot of hunting, but I'm really intrigued by this. I don't know what the, the regulations are in Wisconsin, but the drone recovery. Oh, no, I've never heard of so, that. And actually, one of my, actually, it must be legal in Wisconsin because one of my buddies, they shot a buck, old, mature deer. I think it was like a seven-year-old, I want to say. Sweet deer. Um, maybe it was, it was between a five and seven-year-old. I, I don't want to make it up. So, um, but shot it didn't find it it rained they're like okay we're you know whatever so then they got a drone drove it over there it flew it over their cornfield just you know took all day just flying it and then they found mm-hmm. the buck in the corn but there's a guy that i follow on instagram that 
he has like thermals on it. So he'll oh, fly it over whenever they see, you know, like whatever the thermals, then he switches to like the, you know, real image and then he can zoom in and see like which buck it is, if it's the buck, if it's dead. Um, but that, that's something that like would be awesome to have because I think that would be a game changer. Yeah, I'm not sure those regulations are in Michigan on that. Uh, last yeah. I read, anything related to hunting with a drone, anything was not legal. But I don't know, maybe the maybe the not. dog stuff is huge. I mean, the, the, there's oh a yeah, bunch you of can different guys that do it, and they're I mean, shoot, he'll he'll do like 200 some a year. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're trying to find the buck of a lifetime for a dude, I'd I'd pay. <laughs> I'd pay right. whatever whatever you say, man. Right. right. <laughs> if it's a thousand bucks, I gotta come up with a thousand bucks. You think it runs up the deer off? Well, no. If they're dead, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna do it like a bear hunt where you're like trying to tree a bear. But you know, it's more if you shoot something and you're trying. If you don't, you know, if you can't find it, you get on there. So I don't know if that's kind of what you were asking. Right, because I mean, you're gonna be on their blood trail anyway. So adding a dog to it that's sniffing around, I mean, I don't think it really does too much. I mean, we used a dog uh, in Kansas for my buddy's buck that freaking went really far and ended up finding it. We would not have found that deer if we didn't have right. the dogs. Like, it just, we wouldn't have. We would have, yeah. And to, to be able to have that, I mean, he got his deer because of it. It's like, yeah, that's right. huge. Instead of the thing laying there dead, rots away, or the coyotes get to it. I mean, right. game changer. So I'll walk like back to your go ahead. question. I I mean I always have, um, you know, run-ins with neighbors and whatnot. And this I try to be as cordial as possible. I mean, like I said, do the way that other people hunt frustrate me, or or maybe what they want to call hunting, or you know, their their different expectations. But, but like I said, I want to be cordial and hey, I, I at least want to be. I want you to at least respect me, and I'll respect you. And that's kind of what I try to do. And a lot of times people just, you know, maybe I have different expectations and unrealistic expectations, but, you know, I got, like, I got like a three acre neighbor that he's got three acres. Okay. And he's got a house <laughs> minuscule. So he's got a house. So he's got really a half acre, half acres like his yard. Okay. And he, he has, this, he has stands all up on my line. And I'm like, like that to me, like, that's not respect. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to put agree a, with that. a stand up with that. on a line because especially he in knows what he's doing. Oh, for sure. But, but I can't, I can't <laughs> trust you that you're not going to shoot on. I know you're shooting out of my property. So like things like that, like really frustrate me. And I have, you just have to have those conversations and let them know. And I had my other guy, the guy that had 11 people hunting at 50 some acres. I mean, they have every stand along the line. And I said, I mean, last year they shot a buck because stand was right on my line in both season. And he's like, hey, can I come and get it? And it's the first time I ever meeting the guy. I'm like, if you're going to, you know, like you knew who I was, you had my number, like you could have called me before. He waits till he shoots something. So whatever, I go track it, didn't find it. I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, you know, we walked, we walked, you know, 300 yards, couldn't find much blood. So I went out the next morning and found his buck. I walked my woods where my bedding was. And I didn't want to go in because that's where my deer bed. Find his buck, call him up. Hey, I got your buck. Come get it, whatever. And I'm like, and the only thing I asked, I said, hey, could you just, you know, out of respect, move your stand? You don't even have to move it like far. Just move it like thirty yards off my line. Like that's all. I, that's all I want. So I know you're, not, you know you're not shooting out of my crap. You know what I mean? And they wouldn't do it. You know, it's like just have respect, or or, or do yeah. or 
I guess do what you would want to be done to you. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and that's the stuff that drives me nuts when, you know, I just get fired up on that because it's like that three, acre, I actually call him a half acre guy. Like you're shooting on my crap. You don't give me a call when you, when you, the deer's not dying on your property and you're not shooting on your property. You know what I mean? So it's like, I already know you're bumping all my deer out of the bed and going in there looking for deer without even asking. You know what I mean? And stuff like that just drives me nuts. But I have to deal with that all the time. Hey, he got that high power scope. He's all up in property. It's bad, dude. It's bad. I don't know. I mean, I just don't think people have respect. And that's what that's where like the respect. I feel like hunting, you have to have respect and you can't be, and that part of you can't be greedy. Like that's part of having respect. Like even if I had, and I know like the, the exact, hey, you got a deer I can come shoot. Like that's where it's hard because like, I'd love to have people out, but what I want my neighbors bringing extra people in, like I, right. I won't even take more than one deer. Like I won't take more than one tops. I would ever take off a property would be two bucks. Could I shoot mm. 10 bucks? Could I have everybody in and shoot 10 nice deer? Probably. There's not going to be much for anybody else. So that's where it's like, you know, you just have to have respect for people and people don't mm-hmm. have that. Everybody's just so greedy. It just drives me nuts. Right. Yeah. And like me and you, jokingly, we go back and forth all the time because you live in Wisconsin. I live in Michigan, just two different right. places. But like it's at the end of the day, it's like I told you that one time, like, dude, but what, whatever makes you happy and how you want to hunt, dude do it because who am I to tell you don't do this or do this because that's how I feel. It's like that. No, (laughs) and and that's where, that's where I started trying to figure out how can everybody coexist in that sense. And that's why I feel like if the DNR would do, you know, something just to give everybody a fair chance, at least Mm -hmm. because I got a buddy that hunts with me and he, he hasn't shot a deer in five years because there's just nothing to shoot, you know, nothing to shoot the standards yeah. that he wants and it's impossible like you pay how much money a year and then you you know it's just it's hard you know that's the yeah. frustrating part it but. definitely geared more towards people just to go out and shoot a deer like that's that's yeah. Yeah. what the system is geared towards right which is fine i mean like i said which is fine but i just wish they had these changes so that those people can go shoot their deer and not shoot two of them you know right like, yeah because i'm right here paying how much money every year and maybe maybe gonna shoot one buck a year you know mm-hmm. and like i said it but it is everybody like you said jeff like i want everybody to have fun and do what they want but at least make it fair you know or try to mm-hmm. at least give it a chance yeah but, yeah I, I agree with what you're saying i think it all comes down to you know in a nutshell uh you know i think jeff you kind of started with it is what are you looking for out of that hunt you know what i mean uh mm-hmm. and it is unfortunate that if you're looking for that older age class of deer and in your neighbor shooting four corns you know that's rough you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh but you know at the end of the day it's like you know that neighbor paid x amount for his property i pray right right paid, <laughs> paid x amount for my property now in saying that that's different when we're talking about hunting the boundaries and you got three acres as compared to a lot more acres, you know, that's, I, I think if you're doing that, you understand, you know what I mean? That, that you're hunting this guy's boundary and you probably have flung some, some lead or some carbon on the other side <laughs> of the fence where you, where, where, you know, oh, for sure. Dude, you he's know like, what I mean? He's got to stand on my property. I actually still have to talk to him. I just, dude, I, <laughs> quick story. Oh so, my God. Oh dude, I'm, I was hot. So, like, if you got, if, if I got three acres, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just being, I'm not bullshitting. Like, if I got only three acres, 
first of all, I'm probably not going to put that much effort. It's three acres. Like if I got right it, one great. sand, but you know what I'm right. I'm going to have one <laughs> sand, and it's going to be as close to my side of things as possible. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to have me a little throw and grow pot plot or something to try to pull the right. deer a little closer on to my three acres <laughs> as opposed to hunting, you know, right. on the boundary. I mean, well, that's that's, that's the difference. Like if he at least had a plot or something, I'd be like, okay, like at least there's a chance, dude. It's his yard. There's no, there's no <laughs> chance these deer are walking onto his property. Okay, I'm just telling you. Like, like I'm, and okay, he's probably. I hope he listens to this because, <laughs> hey, he needs to know how I feel. But he probably won't. Um, but anyways, so because I, I had, I just, I just went out there walk a week ago because I, I don't go back on this side of my property because it's beautiful bedding. It's like my, I leave it as a sanctuary. So he's butted it, up yep. to that. Yeah, and this guy's just in there all the time. Hey, is this well, place for sale? Yeah, right. I'm gonna try to do something. Hey, um, let me know. Let me know. Yeah. But he so so walk. So he I'm out there. So I, I hear he shot okay, I hear last year he shot a twelve pointer, it was a three year old, just gonna be a giant. I guess he shot that one. This year I hear he shoots a nine pointer, th- another three year old. I'm just like, all right, I didn't I didn't think he was an issue, you know what I mean? I'm like he's got a standard, he ain't gonna shoot nothing. Um so I didn't really think about it when all of a sudden I started hearing this stuff. I'm like, all right, I gotta take a walk back here and see what he's, he's doing. In the honey hole. Oh, he's in the well. He's on my stuff. That's the problem. Um, oh so no! I walk, so I walk back there, okay, and I'm like, you know, after gun season, I'm like, I'm just gonna take a walk, see what's going on, like, you know, that way at least I can get in my head what I want to do, what I want to talk to him about. So I get back there and I and, and I look and he's back there. I'm like, oh, he's dude, he's my. checking the trail camera. He's got a trail camera right there. And so I like walk up and like, hey, I'm like, he's like, well, who are you? I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, gentleman owns this property. Um, and so you just start talking and I wasn't going to get like mad because I was the first time I meet him. I'm like, I'm just going to be cordial, you know, say hi, whatever, try to get information. And then I'll, I'll just go talk to him. I got, you know, all, all season until next season to do some stuff. So, but he just starts talking and, Oh yeah. You know, like, you know, when neighbors shoot, you know, when they shoot deer, like if they got blood, I just let them go. And I'm like, well, you know, in my head, I'm like, dude, no, no deer's coming on your, your half acre, but back, right. you know, back the back. odds like, are terrible for that. <laughs> I already know he's trying terrible. to get me to think like, you know, oh, I, you know, it's fine if we do that. I'm like, well, I'm like, no, I'm like, if my neighbors shoot something, I'm like, I tell them to call me and that way, you know, I can go with them or make sure nobody's hunting or, you know, whatnot. And so he's just throwing all these things out there. I know he so I'm like, I know you're going on my property. And then, and then, then he goes this, get this. He goes, I, yeah, I found four dead does last year. And I'm sitting there like, what? <laughs> you found four dead does? I go, where? He's like, oh, two on my property and two on the other neighbors. And I know the other neighbor. We talk a lot, and she's pretty good. Um, and I know she wouldn't let him on there. Like, there's no way. So I'm like, so he's. He's fine. There's no dude. There's no deer dying in his backyard. And so in my head, I'm like, why? Like, how stupid do you think people are? Like that I'm not gonna know you're walking onto my stuff, you know? Um, so anyways, like I just leave the conversation. He goes back in his house and I'm walking the line. And I got onyx, okay. So I'm walking this line, and there's like old fence posts. I don't know who put it up, like somebody must have put it up like a long time ago, but you can see like probably 20 yards off of where the actual line is, you know? So I'm walking, I feel like I'm walking in his yard. Like I'm, I feel weird. Cause I'm like, this guy's looking at me probably thinking I'm trespassing on his, but I'm, I'm on mine, you know? And you're going, you're going by the Onyx line. Yeah. I'm going by the Onyx line. Okay. And so, 
And, you know, like I said, back in the day, I don't know how long, you know, how old these, there's every, like, probably 100 yards, there was just the T-post, you know. Um, and I, like maybe he just put it there to make him feel like he could hunt there. I don't know. <laughs> but so I just get through and, dude, I'm looking, there's stand, the stands on mine. He's got two stands. I'm like, mm. dude, like, on mine, not even on the line, like on mine. So you're not only are you, even if you were on yours, you're on the line, like you're shooting on the mine. There's no doubt. And then I'm looking and there's like fresh cut, like walking trails going to his house on the mine. And I'm just like, dude, like what is going on? <laughs> So, I, I mean, I called the, I had to call um, and get the surveyor. I'm like, dude, we got to get out here. And I just, I'm going to have to talk to him and be like, hey, listen, like, you know, I don't, that's not how I hunt. Like, hopefully, hopefully he's receptive and he's like, hey, okay, yeah, I'll move him off or, you know, not on the line. Like, it's just, that's just not the type of hunting that, I don't know, that's, that's crazy to me. But yeah, dude, I was, I was, I was like, how dumb do you think I am? Right. Oh Blows my mind how comfortable some people are trespassing. Like yeah, I, right. like you said, I feel so weird. Like, man, yeah. I'm not supposed to be. There's people that ha- they don't give two shits. Don't care. I no. mean, I live yep. on the end. I live on a dead end road. You wouldn't believe the amount of people that drive into my driveway, just throw it in park, and just yeah. look around. I'm like, just don't. It, don't there's a sign. <laughs> there's a sign that says private driveway, dead end, no turnaround. Da da da. Yeah. Oh, they they just just drive right in like. Oh, yeah, yeah, this place you is nice. Can, it's like, come hunt my, just come hunt my property. You know, I'm going to yeah. pay a couple hundred, hundreds of thousands of dollars for it. You're three acres. Yeah, you're welcome, bud. Come on. You know, like, what are we doing? Right. That's crazy. Well, what you got, Carl? You were telling me the other day when you were elk hunting on the mountain or whatever, and somebody came, you had beat up to the spot or something, and they showed up, and they quickly turned around. To beat you to the opening or something so like you deal with that in public land too like he's dealing with it private like you deal with it on, on a public it's something you shouldn't deal private. with on private it sucks that right i think you have to say that situation walk but that's that's just kind of like a, just a junkie no again no respect that's really what it gets yes. down to yeah. you gotta have respect for other hunters and, and, and that's and that carries over to public too because and i'll make it real brief yeah. here but the story carl's talking about i'm sitting up on a uh an overlook well before dark, all of a sudden, you know, 10 minutes after light, by light, I mean legal shooting time, you know, it's still really dark. You can barely see. I hear crunch, crunch, crunch headed my way. I'm fired up. I'm thinking it's a cow elk, which is what I had a tag for. All of a sudden, I see two big round dudes in orange, and uh, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So they come up the hill. They get like 125 yards away. They glass me up. And I'm, I just sit there. I'm like, they're going to see me in full orange, right? They're going to see me. I, I shouldn't need to wave. Like, they're looking around at right. binoculars. And they proceed to look right down in the basin. So I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. The same basin I'm looking into. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to just put up with it. Because they got every right to be there. But they're 100 yards away. I know they see me. So next time they glass up there, I stand up. And I know they see me because I wave at them. I know they see me. They proceed to keep looking in that same basin I'm looking into. Yeah. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. So the third time, he, they glassed back up, I guess, to just to make sure I was sitting up there and I gave him the double bird. But, uh, yeah, like, it's just like, you know, good and well, I'm sitting here looking into this basin. I was here before you. Keep walking. Like, if you're, too, right, right. If you're too out of shape to keep walking, go back to the truck and drive into another spot. I mean, it's, right. You know, if somebody beats you there, you lose. For instance, long story short, last year I killed my deer fourth rifle. The opening day was Thanksgiving, and uh, I went down to Kendall's family's house and we ate. So 
the next day was the second day was my first day hunting. So I get to my spot. Kendall was with me. It was only like an hour before daylight. So somebody was in my trailhead. So I was furious, but I didn't pull in there and try to squeeze in. I kept driving like 10 miles down the road, mm-hmm. found another spot to go in. Right. But in my head, I'm like, tomorrow I'm going to be in at the butt crack at dawn. So, you know, about three, I went by myself the next morning, got in there about three o'clock in the morning. I was the first one there. Nobody was there. I hunted, missed a deer, long story short, come out. There's four other trucks behind my truck. And it's like, wow, you know, it's like, you know, I, I drove down the road, but these people were like, you know what? I'm still going to go. Here's a good <laughs> like, spot. You know, like, here's a good spot. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah it, it blew my mind. Yeah, that dude yeah. that uh, I was talking about on public land, I went back the next day and he put his pop up blind 30 yards from my tree stand. Oh, yeah. see that? Wow. I'm like, <laughs> that's where people, because like, because like, like you did all the work. He yeah. knows it's a good spot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. go do if, if somebody already beats you to something, like have some respect. You know what I mean? Because yeah. how would you how would you like it if somebody did that to you? Yeah. And I, yeah. like, people just I, it blows my mind. Like people just don't have like walk well, like you said. Somebody was there. I'll go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Go like somewhere else. Like because yeah. you don't want that to happen to you. So what are these other people thinking when they go? <laughs> They're like, oh, whatever. We'll just go shake hands when we're, we're hunting together. Like, like, I, I, I have no idea. I had a guy come in that morning, actually. Literally, he was like 30 yards away. He walked right past me. I was below him, glassing up this huge buck on private. And he, like, stands there as I'm looking in a direction and sees which way I'm looking and starts looking at me. <laughs> so I, I look at him I'm like, are you all right? <laughs> yeah, is there anything down there? I was like, yeah, there's some does down in there at the bottom. I was like, I've been here since about 4.30. I was just making sure you were all right. I was like, I'm hunting this little area right here. And he was like, all right, well, I'm going to keep pushing around the corner. I'm like, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> I, I would appreciate that. He was. I heard him crunch, crunch, crunch. Here he is, like 30 yards away. He sees me, waves at me. And we were within whispering distance. But he just waves at me, pulls his binos out of the harness, and starts looking where I'm looking. I was like, you good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah man i mean i mean boo you probably have that with duck hunting too i mean dude no oh good night dude yeah the problem is down here is like you have public property that people think they own it and so they'll put a blind up and then the first person that gets to the pond pulls into the blind and now you're fighting over the blind because somebody that put the effort into it but somebody's pulling into it but it's all public property right so it doesn't it doesn't matter, but people are putting blondes up like they like they own the place and it's public land. So it's like, man, if that's if, not your blind that you put up, could you still go to it and sit it? Yeah, you could go to it. You could go okay, pull it because it, it's that, public. That's land. how it is here too. So yeah. what do people do? Is that like so? What would you do? I mean, because that to me is like, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like I no way I would go sit a blind. Like doesn't mean it's yours, you know? But I wouldn't pull in it. I would not pull right. in the blonde because right. I, I don't I don't like doing that anyway. I'd go set up my own stuff and you right. know go find a different spot. But people don't care, dude. Like just like it, like Walk's talking about, like pull in behind his truck and go walking on in. Like I mean, we like down fishing down here. F- people fish boats down here. Oh, this boat's at this point. Let me go pull up here and fish right next to him. It's like you oh, go yeah. find your own stuff. You know, go find your own spot. It's <laughs> like, dude, it gets bad. Yeah, where'd you catch that fish? Ah, yeah. out in the water. That's what everybody says. Right? <laughs> Ice fish, just the best dude here in Wisconsin. And it's you're sitting there fishing, and are you catching anything? <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you if I am. Sure you know, are. Like, 
I mean, you obviously it depends on who it is, but it's like some guy you don't know. Like, yeah, hey, just you know, here's my hole. Come, come, come fishing. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, no bro, kidding. Don't ask me what's here. Ice fishing is huge in Wisconsin, dude. Yeah, it is. That's crazy. Jeff, I don't, I don't, what? Would you rather hunt Wisconsin or Michigan, Jeff? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a no-brainer. Wisconsin. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. No, I mean, southern Michigan is pretty good. The culture you get to the border, like Ohio and whatnot, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, not even Dude, close. Boone, so... And and I, I, I guess I'm not, like, an expert on all this, but I would say if Wisconsin would be managed better, I think Wisconsin would be the best whitetail hunting state. Now, obviously, Iowa has, you know, the best, biggest bucks, but... They're just managed so much better. They have different mentality, larger parcels. Like, you know, shoot, you can't get a tag if you're out of state for four to five years if you're bow hunting. Um, like, they just manage so much better. But Wisconsin, like we were talking about habitat, like Wisconsin has everything. It has the habitat and the food. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about Wisconsin, the amount of habitat we have for deer. If it was managed correctly, I mean, for, for trophy hunting, oh, I think I think Wisconsin would blow blow yeah. the other states out just because of the amount of habitat and cover and food that we have, but we're just managed so poorly. I mean, Dude, y'all still put the, the most deer in the book per year. I mean, Wisconsin yep. still puts the most deer in the book per year. Right, but is, it, it would be insane. like we would have the like it would it would be unbelievable if we could get better management. It, it would be stupid the amount of giant deer shot out of Wisconsin. I mean, it would. It'd be unbelievable. So, 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 real quick to switch gears, Carl. So, you know, duck hunting in Louisiana. You've been doing it since a kid. Uh, have you seen a decline in the duck population? Have you seen an increase in the hunting population? And uh, do you think there's anything they can do to try and level that out? You know, to make it fair for the ducks and make it fair for us. You know what I mean? As hunters. Yeah, I think y'all y'all kind of touched on it with the deer. We deal with that down here in Louisiana too, like the out-of-state, the resident, the non-resident, COVID, you know, like the COVID years, like the amount of hunters that we had duck hunting was unreal. And so, like, it 100% affects the duck population, how the ducks are acting. So you physically saw a difference in the amount of hunters. I mean, you you saw the pressure out hunting from from that. 100%. Like, we 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 had this spot down in Venice where we pulled up when I was probably 17, thousands of birds right we pull in this little cut i'm talking it the sky was black and you go to that same spot today and there's a couple birds in it there's there's a boat in every little inlet you know and so like you're definitely seeing that and you you go to the launch mississippi florida the license plates on the trucks and it's like man like there was actually an argument down here to like hey let's up let's up the raise like the charge for the license because we're getting mm-hmm. so many external hunters that like the guys that are residents can't even enjoy their own property that they have, although it's public, but like you can't even get to the birds first. So like 100% has affected the population. And ultimately like the flyway would be different, but the pressure on the birds, we're on a, we're on a shoot, we're probably on a two or three year down turn of birds. And the hope is that people go start deer hunting. They go start doing other things. Mm-hmm. The bird population picks back up. And then you could have some good years again because it always goes in the ebbs and flows. Yeah, you know, so definitely one hundred percent. So, would you say that, like, with with the oncoming of the you know the satellite 
um, mapping applications that maybe there's, you know, you're finding guys in P-Rogues and some slews you ain't never seen them in, you know, that you ain't never hunted type of a deal. The Onyx, the Onyx. I was going to yeah. ask you guys, I mean, that knows some guys that own property down here and like the Onyx app, like they are running people off their property and the Onyx app is showing that it's public. And so like there's some, some gray area there that like somebody's pulling up that Onyx app and really it's private property. So like, you know, I think that the resources that you do have, I mean, even for myself, it opens up where you can go, what's public, what's private. I, I like to stay away from all the private and I want to know that I'm good to hunt it at, you know, I like to hunt just because I like to be in the outdoors. I like to go hunt. If I shoot or not, that's always a plus, but, um, you know, I just like to be outdoors. So it definitely has opened up an avenue for people, you know, coming out of state, like walk with you do, you go to different states, you're able to find where the birds are at. You're able to go stay at this hotel and, and figure out where you got to go. Like that's hard to do, you know? So like, there's a lot of respect for that avenue too, that you hunt in multiple states trying to find birds. And, you know, I got a lot of respect for that too. Would you, uh, would you say, you know, compared to back in, I know for me where I'm at, uh, I started duck hunting at a pretty early age, you know, eight, nine years old, but anyway, uh, you know, when I got into duck hunting, everybody was saying how good it was, this and that. You know, I don't remember having any great hunts, you know, when I was that young. Maybe I did, but I don't remember. Maybe it was too early. But uh, my point saying this is, you know, and that leads into my question, would you say that it's gotten better or worse? And I understand that it could be to the pressure. But as far as overall duck numbers, was it better earlier or, you know, at, you know, later on, like now? I'd say later on, between 18, 19 years old to now. We, I mean, I used to hunt when I was eight, nine, ten years old. My dad, we get in the P Rog, we got the little five horsepower motor, we're getting into the ponds, we're getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. We'd shoot one duck and we're fired up, right? So, like, you had those. You, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I ever went back because you, you literally had like gnats, just thousands of gnats <laughs> in your face. Like, it'd be like torture, dude, like legit torture. And like, I would still go back with my dad just because I liked and I love to do it. Now, you have an eight, nine, bird hunt it's a good hunt you know but like back in the day if you shot nine ducks you were fired up hunt of a lifetime you know so like it's 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 definitely i think it has increased i don't know if we've gotten smarter on where to hunt but i think the bird population increased from that now i think we're on the down years of you know the pressure chasing them out of here so right now do you have any theories on what they can maybe do as far as like restriction on on non-residents or whatever it may be as far as what they could do as far as they meaning you know your your local parks and wildlife or whatever uh what could they do to to help the bird numbers i don't have any strong opinions about it i think the Mm -hmm. theory about raising the price for the non-resident right you could do things like that a big thing down here is people will come from out of state and a lot of times you got to cross the Mississippi River. So whether you're in a mud boat walk, we did that with Trey. We're an 18 foot mud boat. We're crossing the Mississippi River. If you don't know what you're doing, it's life or death. You know, like yeah. they've had people die in the Mississippi River trying to go duck them. And so like, there's that aspect of it too. And so it's like, yeah, raising, raising the price of the license, putting awareness out. Like, hey, if there's a 30 mile an hour mile an hour wind probably shouldn't launch and cross the river to go duck hunting when the river's coming, you know, 20 miles an hour down, down river. So like, I don't know, I think it's tough to manage, but at the same time, like when I go, I go deer hunting Mississippi with some of my buddies, I pay the out of state resident license fee. I mean, I paid it 350 bucks and it's expensive or whatever. And I go 
hunt for seven days and that's what I pay, you know? So like, I think the non-resident for, for duck is super cheap here in Louisiana and that could be something that, that would, that would you know, help limit that. Yeah, I agree with that. It was cheap. I don't remember exactly what it was, uh, but it was cheap. And I got one more question for y'all. I didn't took y'all's time. I appreciate y'all uh, hopping on here, obviously. But real quick, I we haven't told y'all about this. So me and Carl went to Arkansas my last year of playing, uh, <laughs> 2018. I knew I was going to retire. Y'all know that feeling when you're like, yep, that, it's over. So I had, that, I had that feeling. You know, and, and uh, you know, I knew it was over. So I took all my belongings from Jacksonville. Literally, I'm in my truck. It looked like the Beverly Hillbillies. I got my Ranger, my 16 and a half foot Ranger behind my truck. My truck bed is full of all my belongings. So I've got like a cargo net over all this stuff. And it's literally up to the top of the cab, you know, in the bed. Like just right, yep. there's like a tarp on it. I have to send y'all a picture. It was insane. But I was on the way to Colorado, but I was like, Hey, let's stop in Arkansas hunt public land ducks. So we stop in Stuttgart, Arkansas, get an Airbnb. It was all, it was an incredible Airbnb, had a fireplace. Um, it was incredible. And actually, Carl, you were there, and I don't remember, we were there for what, a couple days? I remember you you didn't even get to meet the boys, you know what I mean? I was we were there for schedules. the first three days. We, we hunted that, that, that private, that private piece we had. That's right. Stuttgart, and then we hunted the public. So, but you got to see the birds that was behind the Airbnb. Behind the Airbnb. Oh, we called the owner. We called the hey. owner. So, <laughs> so just to tell y'all about this, this is a little Airbnb. It's just a little place. It, it's the perfect hunting camp. Correct me if I'm wrong, Carl. Yeah. It was the perfect hunt. There, if you drop a, I mean, it was perfect. Um, but anyway, behind it, there was some, uh, there was some ag. I can't remember if it was uh, a cut cornfield or whatever it may be. But I'm talking about the biggest feed you've ever seen. We're talking about thousands of birds, snow geese, mallards, just going nuts. And we're just standing there like with the trucks in running. In the driveway. We're sitting in the driveway watching them on right behind the house going nuts. <laughs> and they're landing right in the field. Great ups, pintail, mallards just swooping in. We're like, our jaws are on the freaking driveway. We're trying to pick them up. But like, dude, we got to call the owner because maybe we can just walk back here <laughs> and hunt this damn pond right behind the house. And sure enough, it was private and everything. And that's probably why the ducks were diving in there because they knew nobody was in there. But, dude, walk. We ended up having a good hunt the next morning. We went and found us a little hole in the trees. And that was, was that a whole morning? Was that that morning we had the uh, breakfast? Yeah, it was the breakfast. Oh, the so we're out there. So we're on a green tree reservoir, like public land pounding ducks, like out there in the flooded trees. You know what I mean? So we're in like the canal system in my boat. We're in the canal. We go in this spot and um, the particular reservoir, you had to be out by 12 o'clock. Well, anyway, we hunt and it's like 10 or so o'clock, 11 o'clock. We get hungry, right? So we, and here's the thing. I don't know if anybody's ever done this. So trying to navigate, um, in flooded timber in the middle of the night, you know what I mean? I don't think people understand that. So you're walking through <laughs> this water, this waist deep, right? You cannot see your feet. And it's flooded trees. So there could be holes from falling trees. So you got to drag your feet so you don't fall in a hole, you know what I mean? Because, Carl, we did some walking around. Like, it, we, we, you know what I mean? So yes. we were in the trees. So the way you do this is you uh, – it's a green tree reservoir. So in the, in the summertime and springtime, it's dry. There's deer all in it. You know what I mean? It's it's dry ground, and they flood it. And uh, so you go in there, and you look for areas where the trees have fell down. Why? Because it creates a hole where them ducks can fall in there. You know what I mean? They can come from the sky and drop down into those trees. So, you know, me and Carl were doing our best to find open spots to get in there and hunt those ducks. Uh, but, you know, they got a lot of 
on on most of those green tree reservoirs uh they've got a lot of and it may even be statewide you know but you can't use uh battery powered spinners battery powered anything in there you know what i mean so it was it was you know pretty stringent as far as the rules go and it was crazy at Carl, i don't know if you remember this on the way out you know because we left it you know in time to get out of there by noon and uh you know there was ducks piling in there at that time right because they understand they're not getting pressure past that time uh, but going back to what I was saying about the breakfast, man, me and Carl had a fire breakfast. It was pretty chilly, wasn't it? It was ducky weather, but them ducks yeah, didn't cold. come. It was it was a cold, clear day. So, you know, that just cold, man. You just know, crispy. Clear blue sky. Crispy, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, man, we, we, we get out of there, and I got the two-burner stove in the boat. Man, we get in the boat. I cook up some eggs, and I don't remember. It was a burrito, wasn't it? Eggs. Oh, and bacon, right in yeah. the boat. On a cold uh, day like that, <laughs> cold day, yeah, man. In Arkansas, we, we we didn't know anybody within however many miles, right, Carl? We're just in Arkansas, like just out there hunting. You know, what I mean, eating breakfast in this green tree reservoir, and and you know, every time we pull back up to the house, there's hundreds of snow geese in the field. Canada's there's spec. <laughs> you can hear the specs going nuts. The pintails going nuts. It was insane. It wasn't a great hunt. I remember, like you said, Carl, the first couple of days we hunted that private. And uh, what we shoot some teal or something like that? I can't remember, but um, yeah, we didn't shoot much. Yeah, right. Oh no, no, no. Where we hunted was on that that tree line. I don't think we shot anything that morning. It looked great though, but we had nothing to really catch mm-hmm. there. We shot uh, in the trees. We shot those mallards in the trees. That's right. That's right. That yeah, that's right. After that was, we went, we went and had breakfast, and then we went back in. I don't know, eight o'clock or something. We finally found us a spot, so we walked back in. And that's when the mallards started coming to the trees. Because I remember thinking, like, wow, this is totally different than marsh hunting. Because once they got in the trees, it was a, a one-kill shot because they couldn't get out of there. So, like, we had, shoot, we ended up with, I don't know, five green heads or something. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, a lot of people, if you're into the duck hunting thing, man, uh, Arkansas shooting birds in the trees, man, it's it's a cool it's a cool deal, man. Because like yeah. Carl just said, you know, they when they break down to get in those trees – you can really cut at them because, it, you know, they got to navigate their way out of those trees. And, yeah. you know, the sound of the way that gun echoes in those trees like that, I mean, it's it's cool, man. And, like, to literally be, you know, we were in there, I would say, at least a mile, just trudged in there in those trees. So all you see around you is water and trees, man. Like, if it wasn't for Onyx or whatever satellite, whatever you got, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't think you can go that far in there. You know what I mean? Because how do you get out? I mean, maybe listen for the sound of the road, you know what I mean, or the sun, whatever. But, yeah, man, I don't know. But that was a cool trip, man. We didn't kill a whole lot of birds, but I know for me, that was my second time going there. Both times I went there, we hadn't killed a whole lot of birds, but it's been a hell of a a story to tell by the end of it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so, again, you know, I appreciate y'all coming on, man. Took a bunch of your time. I'm going to leave y'all with this one question. I got a question for each of y'all. Crawl. you got one state to hunt ducks in just once, literally true dream hunt. To hunt ducks in one state. Matter of fact, any country, anywhere. Where are you going? What species? Why? I'm going to Canada. I want to yeah. go to Canada. I want to. What go part to of Canada? Canada? I don't know. Alberta. Uh, Alberta. I want to get to the top of the flyway because I'm down here in Louisiana. So by the time they get here, they fly all the way down, and we're the last ones to shoot at them. I want to go when the season opens. I want to do the goose hunt, the duck hunt, and get the full experience when. You get on them first, right? I, mm. My dream would be to, to hunt them from Canada all the way down, oh, come yeah. down through the different states and come down to Louisiana. But I would say Canada would be my, my number one. Canada, first of all, 
I love that. Uh, I would think I would have to agree with that as far as from a duck hunting standpoint. If I've got to pick one place to go, I want to be in September when it opens or late August because they open super early. I want to be in Alberta getting the first whack at them. Uh, I think yep. that'd be incredible. But uh, yep. Jared, so you got one species for life. You can't hunt nothing else. Where's it at? What is it? White-tailed deer. Where? Um, I mean, I... If Just I own one. property, got one. I mean, obviously, I'd love to be in Iowa, but I don't live there. You know, it's like so. I'd, I'd pick. I mean, is I, Iowa I, your I'd answer or not? Time. What are we talking about here? If I could, if I could live there and I could own a bunch of property, I'm talking about like, the rest of your life. You got one animal to hunt in one place for the rest of your life. White tail you bucks. White tail bucks. And. <laughs> yeah, but but you gotta, you gotta understand. You gotta nah, understand. there ain't no understanding. It's one place. It's one place. No, but I'm just trying to just trying to talk you through it. I mean, I no, could you're go. Trying to stall, if I'm in, you're trying to stall and think of your answer. If, if I'm in, if I'm in Iowa, that's a that's a long trip. Like I don't like dry. I don't like traveling. Like I'm not that type. But I I like being home. Okay. So, so I would have I would, to say, like, if I live there. Like, I answer is going to be Wisconsin because I, this is where I live, and there's really good hunting um, in the right pockets. But if I could live in Iowa, if like I if my like office was there and I worked there and everything, like it, and my family would want to move there, I would love to be in Iowa. But that's just not a reality. So I would take um, where I'm at in Wisconsin, okay, white-tailed so, deer. So, so in Wisconsin, hunting white-tailed deer. All right, that's your one. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey, you yeah. got one <laughs> place. Any country, any tag for any species, just once, completely paid for. What species? What country? What place? Where are you going? Why? Uh, you said just once, or for the rest? Just, of life? just, just a one-time hunt. One-time hunt. It's completely paid for. Anything you want, wherever it's at. Uh, I'm gonna do a moose hunt. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either Canada or Alaska. I don't know. Probably Canada. Canada moose hunt. A Canada to, moose hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Those, them things are expensive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, they are. They're super expensive. But hey, just to I'm be, great... yeah, just to keep be going, that close going, them, with it, be that close within one of them moose like you were. Whew. Hey, yeah, them, them yeah, no, nah, they're cool animals. Huge. And those moose are even bigger than the ones we got here. So I can't even yeah. imagine what they look like on the hook. Yeah. But, uh, Carl, I know we were very specific to duck hunting to end it. So same question I asked Jeff. You got one hunt, one species, any country. Where's it going? Where you where you going, man? I know you're a duck guy. Yeah, I know you're going. Let's let's anything but ducks. I'm gonna even put on some 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 restrictions here. Can't be ducks. I don't know, man. It'd have to be I'd probably do an elk hunt, dude, to be honest with you. I'd, pro mm. I'd probably want to get a, a big elk somewhere, whether it's Montana, Colorado. I don't know where. I don't, haven't done enough homework. I think Montana would be awesome. I don't know if that's where the big elk are or anything, but I think to go to yeah. Montana kill a big-ass elk would be fantastic. So um, Montana, Colorado, that area, that, that'd be what I would want to do. Montana elk. Listen, man, y'all boys – are crazy. If I get a free trip, I'm going to <laughs> Tajikistan or something, and I'm hunting some crazy outbacks, man. Y'all are crazy. I'm going to Afghanistan. I'm hunting a Markour. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to go on a $200,000 hunt, man. Yeah, Red Stag. 
Red stag in New Zealand during the run. Red stag. You pull out a Vinny and going to Africa and killing all kind of stuff. Yes, I'm going on some crazy hunt. But, uh, again, man, I appreciate y'all for y'all time, man. This has been an incredible time just hanging out with y'all again, man. Because uh, we used to shoot the it's shit a lot, fun. so it's been a hell of a time, man. Uh, we'll have to do it again. We'll have to do it again. I'm sure the people yeah, are going to like this one. And, and You know what I mean? And we'll have to do it again. But, uh, again, I appreciate y'all coming on Retired to Hunt. Hope y'all have a good night, man. And uh, we got to stay up to date. And and uh, I want to know what y'all been hunting or not hunting. And uh, you know what I mean? And we'll keep in touch. And we'll have to do this again. Seriously, man. But with that being said, I appreciate y'all. And I appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in, listening to Retired to Hunt. And uh, y'all have a good night. And again, we will do this again. We'll have to do this again. I appreciate y'all, boys, man. I appreciate it, Walker. Y'all, Jared's proper. <laughs> <laughs>